I'm ready. Let's do this. I'm so amped up. I've been <laughs> amped up for rock. days. Yeah. We don't have wow. to clap or anything. We can just start. All right. Let's That's clap. That's crazy. Are you recording? I'm recording. You're recording. I'm recording. We don't have to clap, but we can. I want to clap. All right. It's the last one. It's the final clap down. It's the, the only clap that will ever actually be in time. Here we go. You'd hope. Three, two, one. Hello, and welcome to 10 Very Big Books, a Malazan read-through podcast. My name is Peter Bond, and with me today is my friend and closest confidant, India Jones. Hello, and I actually really am with them right now. That is correct. Um, Our producer, (laughs) AJ Falleri. All right. How are the levels? How are the bars? The levels and bars are great. I'm in full control, and I've never been more comfortable with the setup. (laughs) Um, And last but not least, the Dream Snaker, Joshua Dean Baker. How are you doing, buddy? I am doing fantastic, surrounded by my great friends, drinking some lovely coffee made by AJ. It's a great afternoon. That's correct, everyone. The energy in the room is it's all in one room <laughs> it's pouring out because this is the first time ever 10 very bigs books has recorded in the same room so yeah. we wanted to do something special for the final episode so the four of us got together at aj's house and we are uh, gonna wrap up our read through of the crippled god and our read through of the malazan book of the fallen Woo. and it's powerful because now i can watch josh scroll reddit in the room. <laughs> I'm actually currently working on my Grey Knights army list. Oh, so. I see. I see. You're doing Warhammer research. So yes. I, can, I can spy that directly in front of me, you know, and, and that's why we came together, you know. So a lot of videos being taken. We're all taking oh, pics. We a gotta... lot of pics. We all want to document, you know. Yeah. Um, kids these days. We can't live in the moment. Yeah, you kids can't these live in the moment. Okay. I, don't think we have, I don't think we have time for bits. Uh, AJ, to counter... I got all the time in the yeah, world. You've know never had more time solid, for bits. Yeah. yeah, we're all hanging out. We don't have anywhere to be because we're all staying at my house tonight. Uh, you can already see the runtime of this show. It's probably really long. I'm Part of me thinks it's going to be our longest episode. Definitely going to be our longest episode. I would episode hope so. I don't know far. how it couldn't be. So yeah. um, I will let everyone know how the episode's going to play out, but I did want to just check in up top. India Jones, how are you feeling this fine Saturday? Well, I feel like that's like a loaded question because we already prefaced this with we're not going to get into all of the feelings of how we, well, some feelings, but you know, not all the feelings. And I'm feeling a lot considering Mm. I just finished the book about 15 minutes ago. So I have a lot of feelings. I'm so excited to talk about this. Um, I'm excited to be here with my friends. Mm. And I'm just feeling very, I'm feeling a lot of gratitude today. Feeling a lot of gratitude. Me too. A lot of gratitude. Oh yeah. yeah. Joshua. Yes. Um, setting aside your army research. Yes. Um, how are you doing this fine Saturday? You know, feeling great. I drove a solid four hours. PB and I drove into, that's right, the Electric City. That's right. It's Grand Pennsylvania. To pick up India today. So really riveting stuff. <laughs> to be clear, I'm not from there. Um, <laughs> yeah, do not, do not look for India the in Scranton. Scran- <laughs> um, AJ Faleri. Yeah. The producer of the show. Yeah. 
in my I feel weirdly like I'm in a producer seat because you, you are, are all sitting on a couch and I'm across the room on a recliner. Well, yeah. I think it's nice to have the OG hosts on this couch. Yeah, uh, I don't like, want to contaminate the vibes. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, <laughs> so. separate but equal. We all get it. Honestly, it's insane to think you were. <laughs> oh all right, AJ. <laughs> okay. I, I, I firmly agree with that, AJ. <laughs> separate but equal. <laughs> I think you weren't always on the show. Yeah, we were talking because uh, I was like, oh, I don't think we have any pictures from when we started doing yeah. the podcast. And India shot off some some things, uh, some pictures that she had taken. And I'm not in some of them just because I wasn't there. Yeah, for the no, first, you know, first two seasons, you didn't record with us. I, yeah. Yeah. I would just get just... texts that were like, we're done recording. Three seasons. You joined in four. I joined in four. Yeah. I started giving takes at the end in yeah, my credits that's of crazy. three. Yeah. Um, um, you were just so influenced. I can't. I was. I, li- I really was. After at the end of book two, I was like, "These books actually sound really good." Yeah, I can't um, imagine not doing this with you now. To be honest, yeah, Thank it you. feels like you've always been there. Wow, that's so well, sweet. They, they were always there, just not <laughs> on not the in the room. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But like not like. Yeah, we've recorded separately. Let's be clear. It's very nice to have AJ fully present. Yeah. Um, well, look, I was on I was on the first spoiler cast episode. So I true. think we really know who's who's been in on the ground. That's floor true. Since uh, the beginning. Yeah. Very rogue appearance. on the first Yeah, that was fun. Um, <laughs> let me give you a quick rundown on how today's episode is going to go. Um, we uh, first off are in no rush. So yes. hopefully we will be able to touch upon most of what happens but i will just disclaim a lot happens in these last two chapters so one or two things might get by i'm not gonna lie yeah i think this show is notoriously we miss beats and then people in the discord are like i can't believe you missed this beat and it's just that's just how it happens yeah well it's always really interesting to see what resonates with people and then what we speak to and so, uh, yeah, so basically we are, we didn't write chapter summaries because basically the ending of this book's huge. So, but we are going to basically kind of go through chronologically the last two chapters of The Crippled God and the epilogue. So that's chapters 23 and chapter 24 and the two epilogues and discuss the ending of this book and the wrap up of the series. After this episode, although this is our last read through episode of the Malazan Book of the Fallen, we will have uh, Dust of Dreams, the Crippled God c- combo wrap-up mailbag episode. That'll come out at a date to be announced. <laughs> I couldn't tell you at this time. We have the charity live stream on July 22nd. I'm begging you to tune in. Please <laughs> tune in. Um, and then hopefully we will have one or two more episodes after that to wrap up um, maybe the entire series and uh, talk about how we feel about the whole package. Yeah. Um, and kind of making this show too. Yeah. So that's roughly, there will be a postseason, there will be a, a postseason and uh, there will be the live stream. So we hope you join us in that. But today we will be going all in on these two chapters. All right. Are we ready? Yes. Josh, how your, how's your yeah, Josh army? And, Josh and Andy are very absorbed. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm I'm so sorry. I'm just I'm I'm Instagramming You're this whole. Mo- I'm posting Please. so much of I'm this. I'm currently trying to but see if started. I can find a used Imperial Knight Crusader. Perfect. Uh, for a decent price Josh, on eBay. I'm dying. Every time you talk about this, I'm dying. You know <laughs> what? What is it? 
I don't want to know. Okay. <laughs> you, can, you can tell India. We'll you later. can tell India later one on one. Let's get into it. In our it, twin bed cuddle sesh, guys. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. Uh, hey, it's a queen. Queen. That's what I meant. A queen bed cuddle sesh. Okay. Let's get started. Chapter twenty three. Wow. Powerful. We're into it. We're here. Powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Intro's over, baby. We're in. We're into it now. Chapter twenty three. One of. The two big battles that end. I thought you were just going to say one of the chapters <laughs> the two in big this book. Chapters, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one chapter in the series. <laughs> Very astute. Um. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I just like, can't even get over that we're getting into. We're it, here. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, well, let me just ask you guys this: Did we think it was going to climax in these big battles at the end of the world? Hmm. Mm. It's a tough first question. I think you asking one of us oh, particular please. open floor, baby. I mean, I think it was f- fitting the way that it ended. I thought it was uh, overall. I thought it, it made a lot of sense. But there was always a part of me that was like, you know, at any moment, this could be a book five all over again where the fight never actually happens. You know, you don't feel like we've been we've been edged enough for that, like to finally get the release. You think we would just. <laughs> that's true that's true steve steve Jesus did Christ. we deserved we deserved this <laughs> yeah we've we've earned it yeah well, that's what i mean earned. not there every book ends in like a big yeah. kind of traditional no, battle in this for sense sure, but for this, sure. this one ends the series it like all the forces are here we're all together yeah big battle time yeah i think it makes sense from the from the angle of like if you just follow the lines from everybody's storyline throughout the series of like yeah this is this is the conclusion like we end at the we end at the crippled god yeah. which is the title of the book and then we're all fighting and it's it's happening mm. I, I think unless there was some sort of deus ex machina there was no way that this didn't end in a battle you know like it, right it, this one was pretty pretty much had to happen yeah i wouldn't say i was surprised um yeah i no i wasn't surprised it the whole book was really just leading up to this and really I have to wonder how Mr. Erickson was sitting there writing this because I would have just been shitting myself. This it was just like beat after beat, something crazy was happening <laughs> and violent yeah. and just like I don't know, there's just so much emotion whether it was like sad or even like some like weird but like happy scenes where mm. you're like or just like I don't know, impactful in some way. It was just like a lot of emotion the whole time. You are like being held at the peak of emotion and then it's just up and down and up and down and up and down. So, yeah, yeah, I was expecting it, but I wasn't expecting it to be like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sorry, I am going to die if I don't say anything. We're in my living room and the window is open and so cars are driving by. So if you hear like a sound, that's what that is. I just couldn't not say anything. I'm sorry. No, Andy, I think you're totally right. I think I think it's it was I mean, the chapters were huge. And they, it was like Yigatan adjacent, where it's like, here's what we're doing this chapter. And it and it didn't matter if we switched POVs, because we're all in the battle. Yeah. <laughs> so exactly. like no matter who we're with, we are just at a different stage of the battle. So it's like we're climaxing here and then we're like rising action at this next spot. But then we climax and then we go back to rising action. You know, it's good stuff. Yeah, I, this was a tough, honestly, like uh, chapters to break up. Yeah. Um, like I'm usually really good about like today I read these many pages and tomorrow this many pages. This one was like I read 50 pages and was like, I think I'm going to read another 50 right <laughs> now because it's too good. Yeah. And too chaotic. And honestly, when I because obviously I had read them before, when I got to like like 
I don't know, almost honestly, like four or 500 pages ago, a couple months back, I was like, well, I'm just going to finish some. I was like too fucking hyped up, yeah. amped up. And I just plowed through the rest of it because like, I just felt so drawn in by the story and I was so wanted to have the resolutions that came at the ending of this book yeah. and seeing where these storylines end up and going to this battle and seeing seeing its scenes, you know? Mm-hmm. If I was reading this, like, on my own, I do not... I'm worried about the pace at which I would have approached this entire book. I think I would have devoured it. Yeah, yeah. I crushed this, the end, that ending in, like, three days or something. <laughs> but. I found when I was reading it, it was actually... and I was telling... I think I was texting AJ about it, but, like... I would have to take such intense breaks Mm. and that's why it took me so long. Honestly, like, and it wasn't even because I wasn't enjoying it. It was because I was feeling physical stress and I just moved into a new apartment. So I'm already stressed (laughs) and like work. And this felt like literally like this was not downtime reading this book. I was like, I was freaking out and I was just so concerned Mm -hmm. at where this was going to end and how it was going to wrap up. So it's interesting that you guys like, flew through it because i took frequent breaks of just like i need to no way yeah. no thank you and yeah i think the difference is you know how to take care of yourself <laughs> <laughs> i don't think josh and pete respect their bodies no, um no. no i i um i think like i totally understand what you're saying about like feeling physical stress <laughs> reading through these chapters because not only are they like sprints like yigatan like it is all just one chapter it's all happening we're all in this battle every pov is this battle are, are these battles I think we're at a point, you know, in the last two chapters and epilogues of the book series where we're like, okay, everybody is going to get an ending. You know, we're no longer at the like, well, maybe they end this book going off into the sunset on a horse and we'll see them in a book or two. It's like at the end of this book, this the story is over. Yeah. And it's like like, when when you say goodbye to a character, it's goodbye. Period. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's so I think that also for me. I have goosebumps thinking about it. I think that was like a, a big element of like, once this is over, it's over. And yeah. like, if, if if a person has an ending that I don't like, that's the ending forever. Well, and, and <laughs> not only are there the stakes of the story, yeah, which are obviously very high, there's the character stakes. And then there's this like meta stake of how much I'm invested in like the story of talk. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like where his character is going to end up. And that's really powerful, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so let's get into it. Let's get into it. So, uh, Josh. Yep. We start at the spire, which is the scene of, which is the first part of this this related battle, related encounter. Do you know what I mean? And we start with Tak, and he's reflecting on his relationship to the crippled god almost, and the pain that was put onto him, and what wh- the meaning he's made out of that pain, and what he wants to do with it. How did you feel going into this battle, and were you tracking Tak? Who in this in this battle around the spire do you feel like you were really focused on? Ah, uh, well, that's a really good question. I mean, I- I'll say this. Talk was not at the forefront of my mind throughout most of this. Okay. You know, I think he is kind of here and there and everywhere, and I didn't understand what he was doing at first here, although obviously now looking back, I see what he was doing. Sure. But, uh, 
Yeah, I think overall I was a little bit more invested. Cindy and I just made eye contact. I'm like, I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> I, I know what Josh meant. Really funny. India's like, oh. This is, this is the content that I like. Like, we've never been able to do that before. Yeah. <laughs> I do not know. No, no. About the body, getting the body to them. Uh huh. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so good. It'll uh, click at some point. Yeah, you'll put it, it together. It'll be good. Yeah. So, but um, I think I was more invested in the fight uh that featured the Lethary um than mm. I was the Kachain Shamal, just because mm. the fate of the Kachain Shamal one seems to depend so much more heavily on what was happening elsewhere. You know what I mean? Sure. And so, plus, as much as we've been with the Kachain Shamal. We really, uh, we barely know Gunthmok, so and we barely know Caleb for that matter. So it's really Stormy and Gessler as the two characters that we are. I mean, I with. disagree with what you said, but I do take your point. Yeah, <laughs> I feel much more attached to Umbris and uh, 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 even a uh, Grack. Oh my God, what's this fucking Grick? rub? No, no Grick. Grick. Grill. Spax. Spax of, of the, the Gilk. I feel much more attached to like that crew. They're so much more colorful to me than uh you know, I love Stormy and Guess, don't get me wrong. You know, rest in peace. Whoa, whoa, but, whoa. Um, spoilers. Spoilers. Yeah, what the fuck? spoilers, Josh. <laughs> but, also, uh, ow. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um real real ones love Gunthmark. Okay. Yeah. Just want to let I, it know. I will say, Josh. Alright, what color are eyes? I can't. <laughs> <laughs> That's I, not fair. I, Peter doesn't know anyone's eye color. So India really burnt me on it once. <laughs> she she really roasted me for not I'm knowing so her eye mad. color. Um, no, Josh, I get what you're saying. I think like with the the Kachain Shamal story, it's like in some ways kind of. And actually, I don't. Okay, where's the? <laughs> well, I just want to say you just said shut up, you idiot. You just said Kachain Shamal, but I don't see where's the button you hit. Oh, when sorry. It, let me. Yeah, when yeah, yeah. In the moment when you always are just super well timed. I've got. It's at. like a. Um. Never mind. I was about to really age myself. <laughs> be like, it's like a Staples Easy Button. Uh, <laughs> that was my vision too. Okay. Um, um. Not that that's like a thing for old people. It's just like that was a very big thing when we were in seventh grade. You're digging. You're digging like, a whole button. I yeah. Okay. One. Um. But I get what you're saying. I think the the Kachain Shamal story. The Kachain Shamal. The Kachain Shamal. Is like. If I had to put a color to it, it's like kind of gray. Yeah, you know. What do you, What do you mean by that? Like, like the the um, just like when I think about what the like hive looks like, or like what they the Kachain Chamal look like. Like they're they're dinosaurs, and they've got kind of like scaly gray skin, and they're in the desert, and it's like kind of just like very washed out. Uh, and then the events that are happening are always so dour because everything is kind of a matter of like we are scraping back from the edge of extinction. And so it's all very serious and stuff. And I feel like Stormy and Gessler are introduced into this story, this very serious story to kind of give it a little bit of levity. But as Josh was saying with the Gilk and Nebrastel and stuff, he said they have more color. It's just like a more colorful cast of characters. Yes, 100%. Um, and so I, I always see Breeze as like a really royal blue yeah, Breeze is kind of just like he's in like noble garb, Doing like color psychology right now. What's going on in the room? Yeah, I don't know. You don't like you don't think Breeze is blue? Um, I just want to say, I know the 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 follow up series is about a different character. If the follow up series was just about the Kachain, I would be having a great time. Let the record show. And um, also, no, Bryce is not blue for sure. What color? Wow, it's fucked up. Um, gold. 
I think Bryce is black, baby. And I'm not saying... Uh, interesting. I'm not saying that the chain chamel <laughs> stuff isn't interesting or good or I don't enjoy it. I'm just saying if I had to put a color on it, it's like... It's, <laughs> if I had to pick a color. If I was if I was forced to pick a Gun color. Gun to my head. It's just like, it's just very heavy. It's a very heavy story from like every angle. Interesting. I'm not going to lie to you. I think because it's dinosaurs to me, that just makes it a little more well, but fun. But I think that's kind of part of the magic trick for me is like, they were dinosaurs with sword arms. Yes. Like, one of the most ridiculous things I've ever read in a book is like this canonical race that exists of big T-Rexes with swords for and arms. And they're the boring storyline. Like, the how bo- great is that? <laughs> yeah. And then when they're introduced as like a society and like they have personalities and they are people and stuff, they're like, it's really tough out here. It's really, really rough out here. We are trying so hard not yeah. to die off. Like, for, for that to be that storyline, I think it's I just it look, takes something so absurd in some ways and makes it so real. I mm. just like my dinosaurs to be kept separate from existential dread, I think is what it comes down to. <laughs> Which, honestly... If anyone should have existential dread, it's dinosaurs. dinosaurs. It's true. Okay, so uh, India, the next couple scenes we've seen uh, is from our favorite dark academia of villains, the Forkle Assail. They're up in their spire. They're talking about their plans and schemes. There are books just floating around. There are books floating (laughs) around. Um, uh, What what did you think about them in this battle? How are you feeling about the opposing forces coming into it um situate yourself okay let's let's rewind um first well actually okay sometimes i speak without giving myself enough time to think yo sure okay so here's my thoughts the four girls sale are just like not a very trustworthy fucking people Mm. and they like it's very clear that they like I don't even know. Like they seem to like trust each other, but then like one walks away and they're like, <laughs> "Yeah, that he, guy. Totally. He's a total fucking idiot. I'm yeah. gonna portray him." <laughs> yeah. So and it's just so they're, they're they're just like the the biggest hypocrites I've ever experienced in my life. Actually, not. I've known some pretty hypocritical people, <laughs> but no, they are the worst. But my one question is one thing that I was kind of confused at the entire time was the parish. Mm. Okay. They are just with them because they want to be, or are they like low key like in, enslaved. They, oh, I don't think well, they were enslaved. Oh, well, not like not, but you know, like so the parish that were with the Forkless Hill that attacked Perrin, the ones that came yes. on the boats, they, they, they were following their captain, their admiral. But the admiral was like, and when we get to battle, we know you're going to use your voice to enslave us, and we're fine with that. So, like, they, they were willingly going to the fight, yeah. knowing that this sounds a little they weren't going to be able to retreat <laughs> right. because the Fork of the Sail would just get in their minds and say, stand and fight till you die. Yeah, because their whole thing is they're the same religion or belief system as Setok. And so they were like, we will fight for you and we will die and you will die and the enemy will die and then only wolves will be left. And that's how we want it. And so okay. that was kind of their whole MO. So they they were like willingly with the Forkle Sail for for that reason. But not they, really for the reasons that the Forkle Sail were in were were leading the battle. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. No, they, they they weren't like siding with them. They were just like, yeah, you're a part of this also. And we're just like, when I help you die. Yeah. They're almost like a death cult, like an apocalypse. <laughs> yeah. Cult, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you yeah, know? yeah right. Totally. 
Yeah, and I and I that was like clear in the last chapter, for, but like it also wasn't. I don't know. I just got confused. India, I feel like I still grapple the most with motivations in terms of the parish. Yeah, but I think that's because the parish themselves grappled with their motivations. Yeah, the motivations yeah. the change it, yeah. a lot throughout nine and ten too. So and they change in this chapter. They do. Yeah, they literally <laughs> yeah. do. Yeah. yeah. Um. But uh, all right. Well, we we touched on the spire. Then we touch in with our heroic forces, if I may use the word. We see Grub, and we see Bryce. We see all the commanders. All right, AJ's pumping the fist. It's good yeah. stuff. It's it's good stuff. It's I good love stuff. this. It's great. They're a good. They're a good group. This is a good. Yeah. What I, did you I, love about it? I think I just love the final composition of this army. Mm. Like Stormy Gessler, Kachinchamal, Breeze, Grub, like. They're well, a good lineup. It's a good lineup. Krukava, like, it's all, like... It's hashtag squad goal. Hashtag squad goals. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, and um. that's where I'll leave it. No. Um, <laughs> no, I think it's really good. I think there's some really cool um, descriptions of stuff in here, like Grub on the back of his Vagath Hunter, like, getting the scales growing up his leg and back. Like That was so confusing to me. It was really weird to to, to read, but I, I, I got it. And I don't know. It's just like a cool. It's it's a weird image to think about the scales of another creature growing up. Why wasn't it happening to anyone else? Because Grub is special. <laughs> I'm so what sick of that shit. One no. thing about Grub, no. he's a special guy. What's not what's happening? Not happening to anybody else? The scales, the scales growing up, growing the legs, up. and the back and stuff. I thought that was only happening to him. Oh no! I mean, it can happen to any of them. He's probably just so small he can't naturally fit on the body. So like the thing had to grow a saddle for him. Oh, interesting. I thought it was like a oh. like a divine connection thing. No, no. Hmm. That thing just that thing can do those. Their bodies shift to match anything about their rider. Like so. Yeah, we did talk it's about. So cool that they're riding them. Yeah. Oh my god, it is so it, cool it fucking in, incredible. So incredible. Cool. We haven't stressed it enough. Incredibly cool. Would love to ride one. Yeah. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Um, Me maybe too. not though, because it, that probably means I'm in some sort of terrible danger. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, um, AJ. No, yeah. And then like, so that's already a great composition of people. And then Tool shows up, and you're like, I and we've got the Talani mass here. Are you joking? This is like creamy. It, it's so good. Yeah, creamy. Yeah. <laughs> it's it was just it was really great, and I I loved reading it, and I was just having a great time. Like I I was really dreading what was coming. Because it was also like, oh, well, all of these people are like relatively powerful in their own respects. And so like I shit's about to go real yeah, bad. Were you, how confident were you feeling about those forces? Yeah. I mean, at that point, I was like, all of these people could die. Mm. Like I, I, I didn't feel like anybody at any point had an upper hand. Mm. Um, Josh, so when it comes to Tool, he shows up and there is a lot of talking about the Talani mass, comparing them to the crippled God and thinking about like their pain and suffering and stuff like that. What did you think about Tool joining them? AJ touched on the Talani Mass joining them um, and their inclusion in this battle here and their kind of comparison they're making to Kamansad, our guy, for this chapter. I, as a fantasy lover, was hyped to see the undead warriors team up with the reptiles with sword arms. Mm -hmm. Yes, truth. I was a little bit like... These motivations confuse me somewhat. Interesting. Um, I think just because I would need to reread it, you know, like I was in a very, I was in a little bit of a rush trying to get some, you know, 300 fucking pages read. So, <laughs> but uh, I remember at the time being like, they've gone on quite the long path for this to be a, that quick of a decision in some ways, you know, Talana Master, like not known for being the, the quickest to come to a conclusion, I feel like, mm. but was I happy with the results? Absolutely. Sick results. India, I want to ask you next about the next person to arrive. Wait. 
You can talk about the Talani mask. I just, are we going to talk about that speech that Tool gave? Please. That beautiful little speech really when good. he was like, Let, why can't we all just get along and fucking fight for what's right? I liked it. Mm. Oh. Um, <laughs> I thought it was very cute. You guys didn't love it? Why aren't you not like excited by it i thought it was so beautiful i loved all of the and i never like when they have these dumb long-winded monologues but man everyone in this book i was just like yes but i think maybe that's because everything was so depressing Mm. well i i mean this is a great quote if by our sacrifice yours and mine the pain of one life can be ended if by our deaths this one can be guided home we will judge this a worthy cause. And the crippled god, he's a stranger to us all. And Tool says, it is enough that in the place he calls home, he is no stranger. I was mean, it, what a fucking line. And wasn't it with like him and the Kachain Jamal? Where yeah, he's, he was with Storm yeah. and Gessler. And yeah. And you know, now like, that I'm reading this again, I take it back. It's sick as shit. Right? It was fucking <laughs> So good. I take it back. I awesome read it. stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, and then Stormy and uh, Gessler start crying. Thus we have this one day to find the measure of our worth. It is perhaps less time than many might possess, but so too is it more than many others are privileged to know. Thank you. Uh. <laughs> Honestly, like I was starting, I was like, oh my God, am I thinking about the wrong thing? <laughs> no, you were right. I guess I didn't see this as like a speech. So Do you think there's like enough body on me to get know. all of those quotes tattooed? <laughs> 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 yeah. We all just get different lines. Yeah. It's there our mouths. We, and we have to stand side, all, to side by side. Side. And yeah. that last quote, by the way, is from Bitter Spring, the one who did the second Talon ritual. So yeah. don't ask me any names that weren't in the first to like five books because I, I don't know it and I don't know who you are. Uh, I think that's fair. <laughs> no, no, I'm not five. Maybe like seven. So India. Um, that's my name. Next, arriving into the fight, <gasps> we kind of check in. We see Caleb think of the Mac a bit, but we check in with Sin, who oh is going to become... A major player in the end of this chapter. You know? I please go ahead. And I I guess we'll get to her and what happens. Right, of course. But I would love to know, did anyone in this room ever think Sin was gonna end up here, would end up in such a powerful being such a powerful part of the ending of the story? Yeah, totally. Yes. Oh yeah? The book tells us multiple times. Okay, India. <laughs> this is tough. Actually, honestly, no. Thank you. Thank you, India, for standing in my truth. I'm I'm in your truth, and I want to be clear. I thought Sin was, like, insanely powerful and, Mm -hmm. like, a little sadistic and was good for... Like, I just never... I really... It makes sense. It makes total sense now. But when I was reading before, no. Like, Sin was never... Yes, she was always, like, super strong and pretty scary. Mm -hmm. But, like, I never thought that she would have such a large role. I do think in this whole part, like what this section, I believe she was talking and she just sounded unhinged as fuck. (laughs) But like what she was saying, pretty unhinged for a bit though. Yeah. Well, yes. But like everything that she was saying, like, Oh, they're not talking. They don't know about the fire. Then it's like, whatever, whatever she was. Cause even when I was reading it, I was like, what the fuck is she talking about? But exactly what she said is exactly what she did. Mm -hmm. And that is true. She stands in her truth. Yeah. If anyone stands in there, psychopathic truth it is sin i do not uh, but yeah sin was crazy i did just want to share you actually reminded me i didn't get the chance to say it last episode erickson's really ahead of the time in chapter 21 they uh <laughs> they call let me here's the quote she also thinks the sun sets up her ass every night and comes out her mouth every morning ah. she's unhinged guess you can see that can't you that's 13 <laughs> years ago you know 
Unhinged. Yeah. I'm just saying, I, I'm double checking. I don't think people were using Unhinged. People use Definitely Unhinged not. all the time online. Yeah. 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 So, but that's what but I'm it doesn't just... mean like they're going to end the world. It's like, oh, oh my gosh, they got double the cream cheese on their bagel today. Oh my yeah. God. But just the use of the word unhinged <laughs> is like funny. So uh, that's funny. a great line, but though. It, I want to hear that. That's tattooed. what I'm saying, though, Peter. It's like, I feel like the book tells right, us. Right. I don't think that quote's about sin, but continue. Oh, really? I think it's about Krugava. I could be wrong. I don't know. I think it was about sin. I forgot. Peter, I'm telling you, there are multiple times in this book, at least, where there's weird shit that's said like, oh, sin could be the end of us all and Grove could be our savior. Like, that's like a thing that is said. I just reread the book. I know. And I'm not disagreeing (laughs) with you. And it makes a lot of sense to me. All I'm saying is that when I first read the book, I was shocked that sin became a huge element. There are a ton of storylines that are... Introduce, right. seem big, go absolutely nowhere, and don't come back. You're right. So I, when you, they introduce Sin and are like, oh, she's a big deal, I did. my first thought was not like... Yeah, right. I just, <laughs> I guess my... She's pers- going to be a huge part of the ending conflict. I guess my know? perspective is like, since she came in the last book, the last second, and I don't know, destroyed a fucking sky keep with her yeah, bare hands, yeah. I just thought maybe well, she'd that come cool. into play again. <laughs> yeah, I feel like since, like, at the point where Sin and Grub were introduced... We had seen enough children who are actually ancient wizards uh, yes. in this series yes. that I'm like, okay, well, these two, if they stick around, are gonna be big deals. Like the the children who are ancient wizards are always uh, 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 like on my radar, and so they were like from from the moment they were introduced, and like especially when I started walking through like the Azath and stuff, I was like, oh, these they're gonna have a, a role in this final like thing. Um. Well, listen, rereading it, <laughs> uh, the, I was like, Pete, you dumb. This makes this list line up easy, baby. Yeah. You know? Okay. So there is a lot of battle planning. We see various battle stuff. I actually. Also, sorry, we didn't touch on Gilamad is here with the Toblakai. The Toblakai are here. The Toblakai are here. The, um, that's that's all. Uh, sorry, the Teblor. S- sorry, sorry. They are technically different. Uh, yeah, I, I get it. I'm sorry. I said I, I apologize. Thank you. Up. <laughs> I accept your apology. <laughs> um, on behalf of the Templar <laughs> Society. Um, I actually want to go over and talk through most of the Tanakalian, Setak, Krugava, mm-hmm. Parish stuff. Since mm-hmm. although it's spread out, a lot of yeah, this happens. Um, and we kind of see the Parish leadership and their motives kind of... We see the Parish leadership perish. Yeah. They do, in fact, perish. Um, so who wants to go first? What do we make of this kind of their, the many deaths, kind of this changing of the parish? It was surprising, I think. I mean, I think it totally makes sense, but it was also like, I guess this is where this storyline went. I think it was poetic and obviously on purpose that the Destriant, Mortal Sword, and Shield Anvil are the ones that take each other out. Um, yeah. I think that's just a fun like bit of, I don't know, fact, I guess. I feel bad for Setok of of all of them, really. Um, I don't know. I feel like of all the storylines, Setox was the one that I felt the most like out to sea with. I felt like we were building up so much. And I think this is obviously the point also is like we're building up so much, all this stuff, the thousand wolves, Setok kind of going on this spiritual journey, finding her faith, et cetera, et cetera, meeting up with the parish and Tanakalian doing all this whatnot. And then for it to end with like, Setok being like, oh, you actually kind of make a good point, and then the wolves inside her killing her. Yeah. It was kind of like, oh. I I agree. I, I And I, I'll say this. I was not as invested in this storyline because I, I personally felt... 
I've said before, I felt a little confused by their motivations or yeah. not fully convinced by their motivations. And I did not really find this trio of deaths to be that satisfying of a conclusion yeah. for the Greyhelms as a group. Interesting. Um, what What left you wanting? I think... I I think that at the end of this, I you could you could not convince me that there is any indication as to where the gray the gray homes go from here, mm. and I feel like to me that just speaks to their overall kind of lack of clear motivation. Like they remote like Krugava motivated them to go this way. I, you know, it's pretty clear now that she was the driving force there. It just feels like they're a group of people listening to whichever charismatic person gets in front of them at that moment when they're really presented as supposed to be the opposite of that and sort of very ground in their ideals. But they like so all three of these leaders gave very different viewpoints that all the people all at different times agreed with. So I just feel like they're very conflicted themselves about what to do. And I don't know if that I'm sure someone found that really compelling. I didn't personally yeah and then i think even where it ends up with high cutter syndican being like i guess i'm in charge now i want to yeah. get a record i'm a syndican look and I, I, it's, it's a look, cool it was is, a cool moment i was like okay cool guy um but in the terms of like the entire parish storyline i'm like but what does this really like mean narratively you know i don't know like like or thematically i guess i, I guess i wanted more of a a, a concrete thematic through line i don't know and maybe i'm just not seeing it because this was 400 pages of book um uh, i and i want to go on the record just like i said about the admiral it is frustrating that this fucking high cutter seems to be more tactically competent and sure of himself than the three fucking leaders were like this dog this dude took eight seconds saw breeze on a horse and went it's a sign to battle like yeah. come on thank you India, jump in here. What did you think about the wrap up of the parish? Just oh, I don't care. Um, <laughs> I was, I was super. Um, I wasn't super invested in the parish at, at all the entire time. I don't even fully. I recall the ending. Um, they a lot of their leaders die, and then the high cutter is that. Oh, that's Setok. how they end. That's the end of that when Setok dies. Yeah, because then they go to fight Breeze, and then it's just like they fight and they die. Ah. Uh, I was cleaning my apartment at that time. <laughs> um, yes. Okay. Yes. I know where we are. Um, I was super upset about Satok dying. I liked the scene where they all like killed each other. I fucking hated Tenakalian. So, you know. Tenakalian is a great heel. He's a really good. Yeah. He's a really good heel. And What's he heel? has good oh, points. Term yeah. The, yeah. The opposite term of a hero. Yeah. Like a Randy Orton. Like a Randy Orton. Um, I, I don't know who Randy Orton is. Wow. Um, oh yes. So that was nice. Um, they all, yeah, they all killed each other. I don't know. I was really upset about Set Talk just, and also I was kind of confused about how they like drew that out of her. Cause I thought it was like a by choice situation. I think it, it would have been, but she was having thoughts that were counter to what the wolves believed or whatever. That was like counter to uh, pack mentality, I guess of like, Oh, actually maybe humans are better than wolves. And then the wolves were like, nah, and then they killed her i i i actually feel really satisfied on like a plot story level by the parish stuff mm. i feel totally fulfilled um i agree i think i am a little lost in the thematic meaning making world yeah. and especially since i think this time through a lot of those ideas around like nature war man this type of stuff 
and I was really compelled by them and find a lot of the ideas kind of uh built into those storylines and the parish as a group really compelling but i'm definitely a little adrift at the end so um i i kind of agree with what you said thematically yeah and i mean i guess you know not everything has to have thematic meaning or whatever but i guess that's just kind of part of what to me makes a satisfying ending personally but i think this i just feel like i'm chewing on it you know yeah like this storyline to me even like rereading back this this uh cutter syndicate stuff i'm like okay yeah like they were kind of the parish themselves were kind of adrift and they didn't really know what their deal was, but it's like, okay. And so then why, I don't know, I guess, I guess if from a meta perspective, I'm like, why are, why are they here? Like, it feels very realistic for like a group of people to just be like following the people that are at the top of their order. And then when they go away, it's like, Oh, what are we doing? But I don't know how that lends itself to this particular part of the Malazan book of the fallen you know like i feel like this could have made sense in a different book for me or this could have hit harder i guess in a, in a different book for me like maybe like in house of chains or something where we're we're dealing with the whirlwind and stuff and like we're all kind of blindly following a thing etc like i feel like that lines up there but here to me it just kind of feels like a storyline that ends up feeling out of place i i I hear you, and I once felt that way, and I disagree. Okay. Um, and I don't fully need to get into it, especially since I don't actually, I'm still like in the process of chewing on it. But this time through, I felt like having this force that like effectively worships war yeah. and like a state of war yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and views it as natural um, and is almost eager to participate in it, I think is such a important idea and conflict to kind of introduce to the thematic elements of these final two volumes and kind of question this as the default state nature of the world and yeah. of man. Do you mean? Yeah, I guess if, if, we mirror, I, if we mirror it to, sorry, if we mirror it to the other groups, it's like, what really are we fighting for? And I want to say, Peter, and, and, and this ah. idea that, and, <laughs> sorry, and this Josh. idea that if we're countering it to these other forces that are ostensibly doing war, but doing war for a just, noble, brave, compassionate cause, whatever words you want to use, I think it's important to ask this question about war. What does it mean? Is it in our nature? These types of things. Mm. So to me, it really made sense about its introduction, but I don't quite know how to make about where we end up with it. Yeah. Josh, you were going to say. And I think, Peter, where I get a little stuck is that they are war for war's sake, but they're not because Krugava's leading them on a war for justice. Tanakalian's leading them on a war to make a name for himself, but in the name of his gods. And Setok's trying to lead them into a war to kill humans. All three are wars for reason. It's never about war for war's sake. Well, but do you think that's part of the point? Yeah, aren't they all destroyed? Yes. It's like you can't really have a war for war's sake. There is always another reason, and the reason is whoever's in charge has a reason. Yeah. Oh, shit. (laughs) And that's like, is it natural to that end, or is it truly driven by these human figures who want to, like, greed or whatever manipulate to a cause power how dare you just let me lead myself to a point <laughs> how dare us make Look, meaning think, on the pod i think this is actually a really great i think i've i've kind of begun to come oh, around uh-oh. aj likes i agree i think <laughs> oh, if shit. you look at it in a little bit more depth maybe it's maybe steve did a good one here <laughs> <laughs> um so india our our favorite lathari our favorite uh, you ever think brother. about that Lefairy is so close to it's lethargic and that's kind of the state uh, uh, of the empire uh, when we see it? Uh, Lefairy brother. I, I would say our, our, I would say our, our last b- favorite the brother. The last? Beneath Hull? 
actually kind of you put hole above breeze wait well okay no I no, also, no, 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 I no, also put hole above breeze hole, okay, hole truth God, is I, I do not understand how anyone <laughs> likes hole no but obviously hole number one I believe I ranked at well, standby okay. yeah I think I did hole number two I don't know say hole well regardless Bryce has his big yes. moment we finally get the closure so on sick. the lost names that he learned oh. from the depth so good long so time good. ago so that was wild tell me about it okay so but 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 and you know what made it even more fucking crazy is thinking in that moment that he was gonna die yes <laughs> yes 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 because he yes. thought he was gonna die he Ugh. was like and here it is baby it literally and there's that whole thing about him losing Aaron Hector and he's like yeah. at peace with it in a way yeah no that whole like section um I want to see so many great god names. One of them is like the Mountain of Eyes or something like that. Sadanthar, Lord Protector of Semi. So Harvathan, good. The, Steve's the river people. so good at using eight words and making me be like, fuck yeah. That, that, that guy a, sounds awesome. That's a real god. <laughs> that's no. a real guy. Um, uh, there it is. Uh, Yithindra, the Mountain of Eyes. Oh, that one's, that <laughs> one's so badass. Okay. Honestly, um, I wasn't that taken with the names. <laughs> But, okay, but you like the moment. But I like the moment. Um, and I especially I was like kind of confused too when he was like, or when we we thought that he was dying, and then somebody was like, "Hold right there! Like you stop right there! You're, it's not your time yet." I was like, "Okay, is this like just being dead?" And then somebody just like pulling you in. Mm. But like I don't know. I was like I wasn't sold on him being alive, especially because he already did die. But um, can he's, we? He's come back twice now. That's like, he's like the only one. He literally is. Um, can I jump to the part when we find out who saved him? Yeah, sure. Of course. Great. Um, the nods to like previous books Mm -hmm. just fucking kills me. And Mm -hmm. I love that male is just always like this presence and who obviously helped save Breeze Bryce and then the... Ambi and the bowl. bowls. Shout All out. the people from that. I mean, that just was so good. It was so good. It was so good. I loved it. Brees scenes for me were always a little dry. Mm. So funny because male's usually there. <laughs> <laughs> all that to say, I, I enjoyed the scene. I thought it was super cool. It was a payoff that we've all been waiting for. Mm-hmm. Um, getting to hear those names and those and especially in that experience. And then I loved when he got saved by the bulls and male. And I just love hearing how much male loves Tehol and takes care of him at by even saving his siblings who sibling, I yeah. should say in a totally different book out of nowhere. Not even, <laughs> not even like being brought up other than the fact that, yeah, and we got some help from mail, like fantastic. Mm-hmm. Loved it. Great payoff. And I'm, and I'm loving while we're going through this, how everything is wrapping up so nicely. It is fascinating. And obviously, um, this isn't the end for Bryce, but I just I I love how Steve wrote these chapters. I I'm I'm so in awe. Yeah. Yeah. And now my question for you, AJ, as Peter stepped out to use the restroom. Okay, I guess I'm the de facto Peter. So we find out here that the final blow really is Yes, the name yes, yes, of the yes, forkless yes, god, yes. who we also know as the god in the sh- in the glass desert. Yeah, AJ. My question is, what do you think his name is? <laughs> really? Yeah, it's something that a bunch of locust sounds can make me. Like, I think it, I I think it's I think it's like a single word. Mm. 
but I can't decide on what word I want it to be because I believe there is a sister or brother truth. Yeah. Right. And I feel like truth could be a good one. Mm. But so, but I, I think it's like one singular word. Like, it could just be justice or something. Justice is good. Creed. Mm. Tenant. Just like something like that. I, I just really want to know what it is. And yeah. I'm mad at Steve for not telling us. Mm. You know, we get to learn everyone else's name. I but. think that's kind of fun. Yeah. But like, there's still one name we don't know. You know, what's that? Jesus. <laughs> it's, it is, it's canon. It's the Christian Christ. Yeshua. Yeah. <laughs> Yeshua. Yeah. Okay. I got a hot, I got a hot Malazan fact for you. Okay. You ready? Um, I know Death of the this Author. This is the exact same amount of pages as the Bible. Death of the Author. <laughs> Damn, that'd be incredible. We've never spoken to Steven Erickson. <laughs> I, don't, um, I don't even know who the guy is. No one has. No one actually wrote the book. No one. They just yeah. ex- appear. No one's yeah, ever yeah, yeah. seen him. There was no artistic intention, and we've never thought about it. You okay. know what I mean? Author's dead. <laughs> Sufficiently. Steven Erickson. Yes. Has who? has said that Cam and Sod. I'm pretty sure I'm not wrong. Is meant to be one of our real life earth gods oh. canonically brought into the world woo which i believe is technically the name of this world interesting this world has a name i've wondered it is woo it never comes up but i think they've just said that that's what the name of the place is the place woo woo i love w. that that's fun huh. um, um so just sharing that it could in fact be jesus christ yeah just getting on the record but Interesting, they they use the name of one of the three kingdoms from the Three Kingdoms era of Warring China as the name of the world. Um, yeah, maybe that's relevant. I don't know. Could be. My question is, when that happened, when he says those names, all the gods got pissed because they were forgotten. Is that what happened? And then they started, like, raining hell? Like, what happened after that? Like, mm. shit went down, I feel like. I think it was just there's this power in speaking a name that mm-hmm. has been forgotten. Yeah. And so they formed like a connection because the Forklessay was targeting him with his word, his voice. And then Breeze responded with his own sort of unveiling of power through this connection. And that just sort of like went back into the Forklessay. Yeah, that's it's, the best I can get. It's, it's kind of like, OK, go with me here. It's kind of like the relationship between Featherwitch and the Errant mm. in Reaper's Gale. OK, I'm following when yeah. when. The Aaron is like, yeah, I I don't have worshippers because that's like bullshit and it sucks to like have people ask you to do things. And then Featherwitch is like, hey, the Aaron, will you help me out here? And he's like, she gets some of his power because she is like beckoning him mm-hmm. and she is like asking for his help or whatever. So I think it's kind of a similar deal here where nobody is like and I think I think it's it's amplified in some ways because these names have been forgotten for so long. Exactly. That it's like a pressure valve. As soon as Breeze says their names, they're like, finally, somebody is asking for our help or something. And then it's like it's just this flood of power. Um, I think that's kind of how I am envisioning it. Interesting. I'm not thinking about it plot wise at all. I almost see a connection here more to the Carcana stuff and. Um, not plot wise, but more thematically in that I'm thinking about how like, you know, the series so much touches on the past and our relationship to it and how we use it and stuff. And here I feel like it's like, here are these people who have erased and forgotten their past and let it go. And it's like, look at the power that can come from connecting with the past, connecting with what is lost, connecting with what is forgotten. And I see that in the Carcana storyline with that diaspora returning home as well. 
I respect that. I didn't read Carcanus. Well, it's in this book. I haven't read Carcanus either. Wait. Sorry, I'm really lost in Carcanus trying to figure out what, what God Kamensad is. I don't think it's confirmed. Stuff. It's not, but there's somebody has a very lengthy idea. Reddit thread about it. Um, but I'm correct that that's kind of out there, correct? Yeah, it's definitely out there. And um, there's a, a, a bit of a quote from Steve. Um, uh, As for where the crippled God comes from, yeah, there are some pretty strong hints in the series, and you're welcome to go find them. Yeah, and that that's one of those things I'm like someone who's more detail oriented yeah. than me. Yeah. And this, pick that this up. whole thread is this whole post on Reddit is, is like picking bits from every book about, uh, Cam and Sod and stuff. And it's like, Oh, th- this the place where breeze was standing is like pretty adjacent to Babylon. Uh, and talking about what uh, is Cam the name of the crippled God. Yeah. Yes. Okay. You didn't know his first I, name. No, I forgot. Very disrespectful. Josh. Cam Sod. <laughs> very. Dis- yeah. I didn't know Jesus? that either. Wait, who? I- <laughs> Oh, okay. Wait, here's here's another thing. Uh, it's worth noting. Erickson did not say the identity of Kamensad could be figured out, just where he comes from. Mm, interesting. Interesting. So. Well, listen. Um, I think it's I think it's time we move on from the dead gods. Some proposals are uh, Balder, Dionysus, Buddha, uh, and then uh, Yeshua, <laughs> the um, Christian Christ. Wait. Um. Before we move on, I just want to say something unrelated that has just been on my mind. Please. We are talking. And while we're talking, not we're not making eye contact. <laughs> yeah. Me and India just made eye contact. <laughs> and it was me, weird. Me and AJ have made eye contact before. You yeah. two are over there. I'm not looking at a city. single one of you. Josh is, has not looked away from a screen this entire time. I'm so used to, but it's because we're never like together. Yeah. So I'm yeah, so yeah, yeah, used yeah. to not having to look at you guys. I'll I almost feel... I'll unflinching eye contact if that's what you want. Josh, I would definitely prefer that. Yeah, so I'm also I, not really an eye contact person. When I have things to say, I will usually look away. Yeah, I'm. It's my toes are curling. Like, I <laughs> Don't, like I'm feeling so it just feels so weird to be like usually to have like, us staring at you as yeah, you talk yeah yeah I, but like people when they do podcasts like together what? do look at each yeah. other what are you talking about this feels really natural to me to look at people when you're talking to them well I work remote it makes me really yeah. uncomfortable I see <laughs> just um, generally I'm fine with it I'm a teacher um, like I have right. to really consci- consciously think like I'm making eye contact. But also AJ, we are remote workers like we never really have even to, before that yeah, like I was even when I was working it. at cafes and stuff I was like hey. Like I would not I, I would really <laughs> try not to look at people. Um all right, so there are a lot of forces going around. Um Hydewatered Festian is out there. Love that name. There's um various forces moving around. Um we're not gonna get into the exact positions and everything, but I did want to touch on because just briefly earlier where you mentioned Gilk, the Gilk and the Tablor. Gilk is my favorite character in this chapter. Um Spaz. The whole chapter. Spax. Spax. Oh, I was gonna say, Sorry. what do you mean? <laughs> um I'm spaz. Why do you say that, Josh? I just love that he has spent this whole time with this bravado and this air of, you know, the the bargast of the Gilk are unstoppable. And then they have to like run a little bit, and he's like, fuck. Oh, I'm never gonna make it. He like he like gets a cramp. He like sp- twists his ankle. He, he's he's like the last one to the fight, out of breath. I just fucking love it. Okay, I will just say this: I didn't love it as much as you did. However, when early in the battle, I forget who I don't know, brother Reverence, maybe I don't know. Mm-hmm. Someone's talking about it, and they're like, kind of talk about the Gilk's backstory. Yeah, that, how they made them into the Gilk, the uh, rose up with their turtle shell and the yeah. turtle when shell. They, yeah, armor when they're like, wait, so what good. kind of armor do they wear? Oh my god, <laughs> such a wait. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just so unnecessary, yeah. and also really goes against the canon. 
I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't give a shit. All I know is that the idea of them decked out in turtle armor fucking rules and is so Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in the best way. Yeah, yeah do you I think it's one big had, turtle I thought it was <laughs> I thought it was canonical that they were related to the Toblakai, and that is why they're bigger. I, I think, think we learned that vaguely related. Yeah, to... but then these, this guy says they created them, and I'm like, what does that mean? How Genetic can... modification. Yeah, right. How did you create this race of bargas? Magic. It's confusing. Josh, I'm never Am I thinking think, too I deep into think it. That hard into it. Okay. okay, Josh. I think you also have to like these are these are like ancient immortal races. So like if they're like we created them, means that it took ten thousand years for them to like breed a child oh, that's God. like genetically distinct it's from fucking a, awful to think of. okay uh, let's you know, move on yeah so i, I don't know um, I, th- I think it could you're, you're just thinking too small of a timetable okay you're right, your you're brain right. is too little my so, lizard brain can't keep up yeah let's um let's skip that for now and touch on first off just want to get into it we're getting to the spire wait before we get to the spire can we talk about grub for a second yeah what's up with the grub i want to read i think i still have the page pulled up there is a great thing. Laying your oh, book flat like the classic Josh Baker move. Classic Josh Baker move. There is a really good uh, thing with Grub when he takes over and he talks about. Because oh, yeah. he's like second in command or he something. He becomes yes. second in command. He talks about. Like how he you know, grew there's up. This, you know there's this weird theory that someone posits that he's not like a real human or yes, whatever. Yes, he doesn't have a uh, mother or whatever. Yeah. And there's like an incredible. Is it when they're asking if Grub has a belly button? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Damn, I forgot about that. (laughs) But that's so good. When he's like talking about how he was found. Yeah. He's like, I remember the wall. I remember the men out there. So good. I remember the blank. I remember no other world. (laughs) And then he just like leads these soldiers. It is so fucking good. Yeah, it was phenomenal. He was, yes, literally. I was raised by a soldier who didn't want to be a soldier, but that's all I've ever known. Uh, 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 I remember the old man on his horse reaching down to collect me up in the blah, 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 blah. The bloody road where I was born, where I came alive. I remember that world. I remember no others. And it's, it's such, so it, good. It's such a great element that reflects this parallel that's been there this whole nine and ten of book two and the chain of dogs yeah. to what's going on, what's been going on here. The parallels to the chain of dogs is so throughout this entire two chapters has me so horny. Literally <laughs> every time I'm like, yes. Any any uh Coltane reference, I'm like, oh my god, yes, please. Uh, I guess I hadn't thought of the whole many of these armies journeys are a little chain of dog-ish. They of literally just, will yeah. not stop mentioning it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I they just never made that connection. The fuck up about it in this book. <laughs> Soldier number seven. Hey! This is also Um Is that Crow? <laughs> it literally, whoa. I just want to get on the record before we get into the tower itself. I have never claimed to be smart. I've always maintained I'm dumb. And I'm basic. And to me, when you put a giant spire yeah. into a battle, yeah. I'm like, the battle's 10 times better. There's a giant <laughs> tower. What's that? There's a heart of a god in the tower. I cool. see. What's that? The, bu- the chapter has increased again. It is already a better <laughs> chapter. You know. Uh, so to me, I love that the spire's involved. And very excited to get into it and get inside. So we see what Stormy and Gessler have kind of been up to, and we see that they have kind of been leading up there with the Talon Imass's help. AJ, how are you feeling about tracking Stormy and Gessler as they approach the Spire? And kind of what them and the Kachanjum all have been up to? Like, how am I feeling about just, like, being with them? Yeah. I think it's great. I love... I, I have... I've always loved Stormy and Gessler. I think they've always been just, like, a really fun duo. Stormy, Gessler, Tool. 
talk about a trio. Maybe. Yeah, for real. Well, let's not. That's truth erasure, please. Yeah. Okay, guys. Um, rest in peace. Every multiple times in the last week, especially after what happens to them happens, and I was just sobbing. I can't get over the fact that we meet them randomly in a yeah. seaside town that's yeah. in the part of the rebellion. And who would fucking know that they're, like, actually two of the most important characters well, in the entire Josh, series? It, t- before the end of that book, they emerge plated in gold. So but I they think- were, dude, facts, <laughs> no. But I remember, I remember reading that and thinking, that's so fucking funny. Because they like, they just take a boat and leave. Like, they vanish. Yeah. But to, to Josh's no, point, I, they're I, always I to- doing their own thing. They're, yeah, they're totally, never, they're totally so, so often, they are just yeah. vibing out there. Yeah. And, I mean, what an ending. Yeah, uh, I, um. Devastating. No, I think it's a great trio, the three of them. Um, I I love where the story, where their storyline goes. But I think from from the get go, I mean, I've I've been in on on them this whole time, like since we've met them. Um, but since they have uh, gone off with the Kachain Chamal, I'm like even more with them. It's just such a cool story. I think any any bit of this story that involves the Kachain Chamal or the Talani Mass, honestly, is like instantly one of my favorite storylines just because they're so cool and there's so much like history or whatever um there's just like so much to learn about yeah. them and then anytime anytime we learn anything i'm like yeah can i have a quick complaint though about the spire battle if you, okay if, you, if you'd let me i won't let you but i i think sometimes spire this good. book i think sometimes this book more so than the rest of the malazan series relies upon this sort of deal that the author makes with the with the reader hey i don't want you to think too hard about how the bad guys have so many troops i need you i never think and and look the only reason i say that is because like the kachin shamal are getting fully stymied in their advance here and there's so many of them which means that there must be like four times as many humans here and that's in addition to all of the ones in the huge forest down south and in addition to all of the ones that fought parent already and all of the ones that are their next chapter and and i sometimes get a little frustrated like that the bad guys just get innumerable resources in a world where where steve is so good at logistics of everything and like the only mention of logistics we get about the bad guys is one sentence in the last chapter where they go and they took the northern province where we got all the food we could run out feeding all these soldiers that's like the only time it's mentioned that like there's like eighty thousand Kalant soldiers here which is more than any other military force we have seen in the slightest, in my opinion. Maybe Letheri had more, but they were an empire. Clance is like noted multiple times, one nation with some ports. And that annoyed me a little bit. That's my only gripe with all of the fight stuff is just the immense amount of Clancy foot soldiers. Yeah, but also the Forkerless Sail can be like, have another kid. They got rid of all the kids. There's no kids in this nation. No, They're I all know, gone. But Josh, the Forkerless Sail have only been here for six months. Or like a year. Oh, is that true? The ch- the children got kicked out and walked. Oh, fuck me. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. I know time doesn't matter in the Malazan universe in some ways, but they've not been here that long in the grand scheme of things. Mm. Yeah. Who's to say? <laughs> I, I, I don't care. That's, I know you don't, Peter. <laughs> I, I, you know, Josh, I'm not saying you're wrong. I know. I'm just saying that's not how I care, you know? Yeah. Um, And I want to get into now one of my favorite parts of this chapter. We finally check in and see 
what Carsa Orlong is doing. Yeah, baby. And why he has been included in this book and his kind of contribution to the wrap up. So let's just talk about the whole Carsa thing all at once. Oh, yeah. What did baby. you think, India? So, what I rem- like, what my thoughts were mostly was about that old man. And yeah. that, like, I don't know. It, it Carsa's character has always been odd because, you know, he was like kind of fucking savage, but then like randomly compassionate if you want to call it that. He got humbled. Yeah. So I really, I guess it was a nice way to wrap that up to see him showing like a moment of compassion, but then also like, I don't know. I don't know. Those are my, I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, AJ, what did you think? I, I think this moment of compassion is, is, is interesting. I think it obviously has a lot tied in with like the overarching themes and narratives in this series. Um, you know, the whole thing's about compassion. Um, but I do kind of, uh, empathize with you, India of like it feeling kind of like, I don't know. I don't see where that, unless I'm forgetting something like he holds the guy and the guy dies and then he goes into the temple. Right. Yeah. And then he like destroys the thing. So it's I mean, and I get kind of the whole point is like, well, nobody deserves to die alone. And, you know, the simple act of holding a person in their final moments is like enough. And the city's cetera, towns, the city. Right. There are, yeah. you know, thousands. I'll, I'll be your village. Right. Yeah. And right. and like, I think that's a nice moment. And I think it's nice. And I think it makes sense. And, and like, I definitely got, you know, misty eyed reading it. You know, I'm not heartless, but there was something about it that felt well forced. Not well, yeah. Well, like, see, that's I'm. I'm trying really hard to pick my words really carefully, and I think I'm just gonna say the words that I'm thinking in order for this <laughs> podcast to continue on. And I, it felt. I don't want to say forced. It felt a little heavy-handed to be like, even in these barbaric societies, we would never let anybody die alone. Yeah, so stupid. And it's well, it's not stupid. It's I don't want to say it's stupid. I just think it's like. I, I just think it's like. We've gotten so much of the like there are bad aspects about quote unquote civilized society and like we've seen that through Carsa and through the storylines that Carsa has been part of specifically. We've seen it in other places, but I think Carsa's whole overarching thing is, is about civilization, all that stuff, obviously. And it felt to me just like we were inserting this toward the end of the book just to like remind us that like civilized society can be bad. Nobody deserves to die alone. Show compassion. Anyway, I'm going into this temple now to do some of the coolest shit you've ever seen <laughs> um, uh, or lead up to the coolest shit you've ever seen. And so that's, I think, where, where I land with it. Wow. I really want to hear what Josh thinks about this. I disagree with AJ so much. I disagree please. totally, too. Josh, no, get in here. I, and I'm not saying anything you've said is wrong. I, uh, I, I am. But everything was wrong. It's whatever. Say I'm wrong. I don't I, care. you're wrong and ugly. So listen. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, How true. I. He's stunning. AJ is you. Stunning. AJ is beautiful. Thank you. Um, um. <laughs> I don't even really know if I can articulate it, right? Because I don't know if I, I. I don't think I can provide a defense against what you said. I would just say my take was that. I, sorry, I just don't want to. Like, I'm not trying to present a thesis or no, anything. I'm just a, AJ. You're fine. Okay. I'm just. I just want defend to defend your thesis. Yeah, right that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I'm just. Gonna point I think of view. my just, take please. on it was first off. I was incredibly moved. Like you said, totally. I get you. Yeah, you said it. I'm not saying you weren't super moved by this. And I think it was very powerful in from my perspective to see Carsa, the embodiment of violence, mm. give comfort to a man in his final breaths 
ascent to wear chains for a moment as the knight of chains and then kill the god of war and i think killing the god of war is such an interesting thought because yes he is committing you know a murder (laughs) he is killing something but he is killing the embodiment of war a thing that to like someone if i described carson to somebody they would see him as a proponent of war. And really, Carson is the opposite of that. He is full, like, there should not be war in this world. There would not be war in this world if everyone lived in their own communities. And I think it's very interesting to see him go from, like, one extreme of that to the other. And not that I believe he is incredibly correct in his point. Um, I think maybe he's, I think it's a little oversimplified, perhaps. But I just found it, I found it awesome. Um, and I mean, who doesn't want to see a fucking, and oh, now pause though. Yeah. I thought Fenner had been made mortal on this plane. Let's wait to get into the facts. Okay. Okay. India, your eyes rolled out of your head while Josh was speaking. (laughs) Which is the norm. Is there something you wanted to share? I just feel as though we could have done without it. Not yeah. like I just didn't see the point in it. Yeah. I, I, I don't even know if it's I, I could do without it. I think it's just like it felt like such a small moment. It's also not like Carsa's never done a nice thing. Like this is not like, oh, oh my god, look at what Carsa's like it's not the first time. Oh, you're saying, okay, yeah, yeah. Like we've seen like so maybe it's larger than that. Maybe it's obviously not about like that specific one Carsa act and it's a larger thing about whatever, I guess, society like you're saying. But I just could have I just it it doesn't really impact my story at all. Yeah. I, I, I do. I, I think part of it is that, like, I think if you were to like write this out on paper of like and then we'll have a scene where it's a one on one with Carso, one of the most violent characters. You know, when we first met them, they were he was one of the most violent characters in the series. But then he has this really like tender moment with a stranger and, and shows like true compassion. Like, I think they're like on paper. I'm like, yeah, totally. Sign me up for that scene. But there's something about the like. Even in our barbaric society, we would never let somebody die alone. And it's just like... I agree that that... I think that part of the statement is... I think if he ends it at, no one deserves to die alone, and at least I can do this much, right? I think it's the extrapolation to, and that's why society's bad at a macro level. I think that's when it gets a little loose for me. Yeah, it's just like we're holding up a mirror to like us in our modern society, which I think is like a a thing that, you know, fiction should do. And this I think this book does very well at times, but it just felt kind of out of place for me here. Mm -hmm. Um, And like the final line of this is every savage barbarian in the world knew the truth of this talking about like nobody deserved to die alone and everybody deserved forgiveness, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know. I like the scene. It's a good scene. I'm, I'm not, you know, whatever. Peter. Well, it's been really interesting to hear you guys talk. I don't know. I I don't super disagree with a lot of you said, but to me, this is one of the most affecting parts of the fine the finale period. Mm. And if I was ranking my favorite parts of how the series wraps up, this would be one of the top most moving moments. So to me, I find the compassion he shows Munich here really moving. And I like hear what you're saying about him reflecting on villages and it, it being this interesting wrinkle as a character who is somewhat challenging the romanticization of like the barbarian image and this simpler way of life that we there was this time when things were easy and more loving and that if we could only go back to a more tribal life, then things would be better. 
then it's meant to kind of provoke that discussion. Do you know what I mean? And to see his relationship with these more uh, complicated societies, with these larger economic systems and these larger social structures um, change and evolve. And to me, you know, you're speaking about this line about how like he thinks we shouldn't have cities, but like a world full of villages. And I think it's interesting to think about that line as like, is he almost now romanticizing where he came from? You know, it is, it is he like, actually, I came from a beautiful place that was good. Yeah, which is so interesting given his earlier storyline of like rejecting that life. And that's where I see that line is actually pretty complicated. But I do see ultimately providing some sort of hopeful, affirming vision that as a character who is so rooted in rejecting society and rooted in rejecting some sort of fundamental obligation to others and some sort of participation in society as seeing that there is a path forward to this, that there's a path forward to a society that is more based on loving and compassion and caring for each other and of world where there are villages that don't let people die in the streets like that so ha- happen in these cities like Darujistan that it, it is trying to offer one of these ideas around hope you know that if there's this idea around hope around connecting to our culture and heritage that might be presented in the Karkana storyline that there is this idea of hope here that he offers that someone is not so nihilistic someone who is not so completely given up on the idea of participating participating in society, that there's a way to do it that is about love. And I think that's really what resonates about it to me. And like, yeah, him actually killing Fenir, summoning the thing, Big Boar, you know, that's fun. I'm excited to talk about it. And but ultimately, I don't actually care about that. You know, I feel much more drawn into the way Erickson portrays this scene and this moment of compassion and love he gives to this man as he's going to die and how it wraps up these larger thematic ideas and yeah, I, I really love this scene. So um, it's been interesting to hear you guys talk about yeah. what didn't resonate with you yeah. with it. And and I, I, I do love the scene and I do think the stuff I get it. You're just, in it is good. But I just like in, in the context of where we're at in the story and in the context of even where like what we've been doing with Carsa these last 1200 pages, 2400 pages for the last two books. Like it just feels like he shows up here, has this really compassionate moment and and then and then we move on just kind of feels like an a, a, a weird non sequitur for me i will say the deruja saint stuff does it is not my it is not as compelling to me just because we have to bounce over there so fast right have these three people interact and i know it's look i'm not gonna say it's steve having to check off boxes and remind us i think he trusts his readers more than that it does it just to me feels a little bit out of place within the greater context of the story i think because this story is so so hyper focused on the events happening in this part of the continent the only time we pop away are in warrens and this stuff in darugistan yeah and i almost wish it could have i wish these characters could have found a way to be part of this story on the continent but i know they can't i know it just wouldn't have worked timeline wise everything wise Part of me wishes there was like maybe a way that like was it Picker who was talking to Carsa? Yeah. I a part of me almost wishes there was like a um we had we we didn't even go to Jerujistan. Like the stuff with Fenner just happened and he's dying, and then we got like a POV of Picker being like, Wow, Carsa Orlong. And then be like, Whoa, what did Carsa do? And then it's just kind of like left up to that. You know what I mean? I don't know. Or, but that's an just epilogue. Like from- or almost like an epilogue that 
Pops is over there. Like, we're, we were left confused about how Fenner died. We, we hear the sound of flint striking stone or something is our hint that it was a flint sword that did it. And then in an epilogue, we get to hear, we get to, you know, see that it was and, Carso. And part of me feels like this scene would work way better for me if it was like one of the last scenes. Like, if mm-hmm. it was in an epilogue. I think I would have really been like, yeah, this feels like a good wrap up of all of this. You could stuff. just have rev- think- you could have reversed what happened in the scene. You know, it's the scene starts with Carsa looking okay. at the shattered altar and then stepping outside and finding the cripple. I have to just say, I am absolutely floored that I am the only person in the room who is obsessed with this scene. It's what? a good, it's a good scene. Not. It just you're feels not. out of place. Yeah, I just it just didn't work like like placement wise for me. I don't know. I liked the the Fenner, like the eh, let's kill him. Well, but. Yeah, well, let's talk about that. And listen, you guys can write in and explain to Please. India, AJ, and Josh why they're fools. We all um, like the scene. None yeah. of us said we didn't like. I the get scene. it. I get it. Um, I kind of said it. All right. So <laughs> I would like to. Remi- so in I would like big to rem- bore in sky. <laughs> I would like to remind us that the last time we had heard anything about Fenner was in book. Seven. Mm-hmm. So forgive us for forgetting this audience. Big Boren Sky. The last time we had seen Fenner was he had made a deal with the Errant. The Errant was hiding his presence in Letharis because he was being overwhelmed by the cries of his followers. And that is the last time, that is the only time we got confirmation that Fenner was a mortal, was mortal and walking you know josh the, the, the human world josh i hear you yes <laughs> but, but counterpoint big boring sky i'm big boring sky yes I- india's flint sword yes and big boring sky Ba-ding. Ting, 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 kong, kong, kong. Blood, 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 ting, blood. and now was fenner in on it with shadow throne and cotillion to use his blood no um that was not my reading of it but no. the wiki the wiki which i'm now allowed to fucking peruse <laughs> anytime i want the wiki says it's later implied that fenner chose this as we what? are told even gods tire of war while mortals do not interesting I did interesting. not know that. Interesting. Yeah, I totally right? did not I like to bring that, that up with Steve. I to- that would be an interesting thing. I-, I totally think it's like Fenrir's like, here I am, fuck you, and then is like, oh, shit, I'm dead. <laughs> you know, I, th- I felt like very much like an oh, shit moment. To I'm going to have but, to uh, chew on that. That's, yeah, maybe. You, uh, we'll have to talk later yes. about that quote. Um, okay, so yes, Big Boar in Sky, the blood rains down, and what's that? Oh, my God, the line, I forget who says it. They're like, this is bad timing. This, this was ill-timed, indeed. This, That's Onos Tulan, and it's the best line of the whole fucking book. Um, Hands down, so good. Really, really, really good. <laughs> because it is just so... Look, the Talani Mass are the masters of irony, and they have such little humor, and the humor they do is dark and cutting, and I think that line holds so many emotions in it, both genuine and sort of laughing at fate and what has happened. Mm. You know, it's it's so good. This this was ill time. Yes. All right, we check in with a lot of other folks. We see Gilly, who have, we have not really discussed. She kind of came out of nowhere, right? Only introduced in this book, and she's chosen because she's the most beautiful. Gilamata. She she's the most beautiful. Yeah, but she goes by Gilly for short. Oh, okay. Yeah, what the fuck does that mean, though? I When I read that, I and I listened to that over, like, three or four times. I don't think you can read into it. They're the fucking tablor. It is It is all 
you know I was like, exactly what? what they say. Like, that's the stupidest thing ever, but okay, haha. Are we laughing? Yeah, this is a kind of funny joke. Yeah, all right. I guess it's a joke. I uh, good um, one. The forces continue. We see the the Jagat have joined. It's a real like all the elder races are getting together vibes, you know. It's so it's it works for me. It really works for it me. Works. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Seeing dude. all these various factions arrive. Yeah. Um, And I think also I keep we keep talking about themes. I think also thematically it's like, oh, not only are these races fighting each other again, it is it now looks exactly the same as it did. 20,000 yeah. years ago, it's, a million years ago, whatever. It's so Cause, good. Because everybody's got... History. History repeats. There's kind of a rhythm. Literally. The poem's rhyming. Yeah. We also see Whiskey Jack is a part of the battle. Mm. We have not touched oh, it. Oh, the scene with him and talk during this part of the chapter is incredible. Yeah? Yes. Why? That's the scene where he runs to Whiskey Jack and he's like, please, they're dying down there. You must intervene. You've got to help. What can I do to convince you? And Whiskey Jack's like, talk. Did you really think we would refuse? Yeah, and then like, Ghost already, Cavalry, yeah, go. It's like, I'm da, da, doing da, da. it, man. Like, what are you talking yeah. about? He, uh, does, he does take a little while. I mean, they oh, could have sure. gotten in there a little earlier. I do love the moment. Actually, I cannot even remember when that is. Is that this conversation where Tox like, I know I'm not a bridge burner, but. Yes. That's, uh, uh, we'll have to get into it. Uh, uh, talk. My guy. My guy. Talk. It's just like, it's just like, I read that line and like instantly face flushed eyes full of tears i'm like my man you have been through it so much so bad Mm -hmm. so we were thinking of characters who deserve a happy ending in the last like book i was like shit yeah yeah um talk's been through i would dare to say be one of the characters been through the most you are not through the most in the series it's hard to say yeah i think it's hard to compare matron hug the matron all hug. All I think yeah. about is the matron hug. The matron it's, hug's so brutal. It's rough. I, I I think if if we're going in terms of like who has suffered the the most physically, and it is a competition, and it is a competition. I yeah. do think talk is like it's to, high well, up on that list. It's it's that. Then he gets tied and forced to sit in the menstrual puddles behind the all encampments. It's just like oh my god. The eye. Yeah, did you forget about that? Yeah. His eye um, talk didn't. Well, we'll be able to we'll be able to talk about talk later. Uh, on. He gets killed. Oh my god! Um, so many. Yeah. <laughs> so India, let's talk about the wrap up of the torrent storyline. Yeah. Shit. Yes. Yes. This was good. Torrent Ugh. died. Torrent does die. Um. Rest in peace. Pretty yeah. Fucking brutally. Too. Yeah. I need to wait. Wait. Let me go back to that page. He confronts Olara Thiel. Yeah, ten ten. Oh shit! Yeah. Oh my god! And he, then the legs. Oh, with the water. Yeah. Yes. Oh, and then kills Olarthiel. Yeah. Crushed it. Yeah. Shoots her through. She Crushed becomes mortal, it. and then boom, arrow through the eyeball. God. So good. Raida's hood's also like we had a hood point of view where he's like, "This could be pretty tough. I don't know if I'll be." A-. She's pretty powerful, and then bloop. No, that was fucked up. As soon as soon as we switched to torrent POV. As, after the, the Talani mass started becoming human again or whatever. Ill-timed. Or corporeal. Yeah, ill-timed. I was like, this scene has to end with Torrent just like killing her in the most mundane way possible. Mm-hmm. And it's not mundane because he shoots her from like 300 yards and off or something. Through right. the and eye, through the eye. In honor of and Tom. Like, yeah, dude. Turn a little bit to the side, right yeah. over the shoulder, Ooh, through the oof. phenomenal. Ooh, phenomenal. Phenomenal. Oh. And it was so well planned. Yeah. Like it was just it and it was just such a sad ending. Um yeah, I was it's really rough. Especially because she's such a bitch. Like, oh my I was so mad. The fucking worst. Literally so mean i will say alara Thiel's really stood out this time through as a great villain mm. phenomenal villain she's, she's a yeah 
like literally zero ounce of oh, any what's kind that? of a witch have and kid, you know kids are forced to follow her and the oldest kids trying to protect them in so in and just her representative of like holding on to this like pain and like holding on to it so tight and being like yeah i want to get revenge and mm-hmm. be like mm-hmm. fucking do the ritual of talon yeah <laughs> because i have a crush because i have a crush if there's one thing that the eye masks are gonna are gonna do it's some fucked up magic thing because they have a crush on someone I'm not mad I at it. I can't relate. I've never <laughs> could done if so- I would. I, I can't, I've what never, if I could? Never done something bad because I have a crush. Not even once. Um, I've, yeah, no, me either. God. I would take it back. Okay. All right, everyone. Bust out the tissues. The deaths are continuing. Mm-hmm. We're in the tower and uh, Stormy. Please. Please, no. Is. Uh, Don't tell me. He meets an early death. Well, they see, so they see, so Sin does the thing. Wait, how funny is it though? Like when they're climbing up, it's the spire. Yeah. And he just grabs Sin and throws her off. Oh my God, it's incredible. I thought it was so, well, first I was like, did he just kill her? But then I was, but obviously not. Um, But I just found that so funny. Just like, she's like, he just grabbed her by the ankle and threw her over the side. I think it's really interesting how Erickson approaches magic users in in these these books sometimes because it's like like Why didn't even you use s- your magic yeah well yeah but it's like it, it, it's you know with like sin or olar Athiel who we have seen i guess we haven't really seen olar Athiel. we've just kind of heard stories right about how powerful she is and like we've seen her anyway uh but with like sin who we've seen be this fucking powerful ass mage whatever and then to just be like oh you pushed her down some steps and like that was like almost enough to kill her um, I don't know. I think that's just like really interesting to just like throw that mundanity in with those storylines. Uh, I, 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 I will say, though, the series has done a pretty good job, in my opinion, of never really making ma- straight up magic users powerful in oh, that way. Totally. So I, it worked for me. 100%. No, yeah, yeah, it always works. Yeah. 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 I, I guess know. in the end, the greatest sin was hubris. <laughs> And that's the show, everybody. We're actually not going to talk about the final chapter. Thank you so (laughs) much for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Um, uh, So Stormy Stormy dies. Um, That was so fucking sad. Wait, but not just any way, though. Like, what what did Sin do? How was she able to burn somebody that can't be burned? Yeah, so, Kate, can we refresh ourselves? So, because I would love a refresher if you can help, Peter. So... Josh, you can use the wiki. The Warren of, Ta- of Talon is what gave the power to Stormy and Gessler. Yes, my understanding. Right. Yeah, they and, were, they and were bathed in the fires. Right. Bathed in the now, fires. Now, the w- w- Sin got her powers. My understanding is, doesn't she get her powers in Yigatan? <laughs> like, from, like, from in a that fire action? Elemental? Well, no, she had power. Well, she had she some. Was, yeah, she, she was fighting power, that fire like but then crazy. After, but, yeah, like, doesn't Yigatan, she, like, breaks I feel like she almost something. ascends or something yeah, in Yigatan. Something or weird. She, like, I feel like she gains a lot of power. That was she, that big fire? Yeah. yeah. And I know they, like, technically summon a fire elemental, and part of me thinks that's related to Sin. I think she summons, summons it. it. Yeah. 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 So, it, I guess, Eddie, my best answer is... Um, sometimes you're allowed to just get even hotter. 
know, <laughs> I think it's something along the lines of like, because they're like, oh, well, we felt the fires of Talan. This, these aren't those. So I think it's just a different type, different type yeah. of yeah. magical fire. Right. Like, I agree. I like think maybe that too. from a hold instead of the. Oh, the, I like the, that. One, I like you that. Know? Thought, yeah. and it, you know, they just don't have that language, so they can't be like, oh, this must be hold fire or yeah. something. You know, it's just like it's older or more ancient or more magical or whatever. Choose your is, your. Is this the chapter where one of the two thinks about truth? Yes, they think about truth here. Yeah, so, very yeah. Sad. because they walk so. they walk through the fire. Exactly, and they think That's about what I thought. It made me more so sad about good. truth than when truth. I know dies. it's yeah. so beautiful. Yeah. Um, that was yeah, that was impactful. That one. Yeah. Um. um oh, we both thumbed. Ooh. Yes, this whole conflict at the top is just so much happens all at once, and all of it absolutely shreds, in my opinion. <laughs> um. First off, the dogs. Please, the uh, dogs are here. Uh, they made it. They literally, against all odds, they somehow first of all got there, mm-hmm. which is like insane because well, Stormy and Guess are like. Um, I forgot that Stormy and Gessler and Truth are the ones that fucking yeah. like these dogs. Yeah. The, yeah. They got that bond, baby. That's the, Those are their dogs. Ugh. Those were their dogs. Yeah. Their, their pups, their boys. That was so fucking sad. Only, what fork will sale was it? Reverence. Reverence? Reverence. Is no, it's another fighting at the top. That's what it is. They're all the same name to me. Literally. Yes, Reverence. Okay, I was getting Reverence and Calm confused. I get them all confused. They're Cal- all, they're Calm all the is same. the one with Mappo. Yeah. Yes, Calm's with Akarian. Oh, too good. Calm's the one we'll that got, yeah. <laughs> got let out by Carson. Yes. Confirmed. Yes. yes. Awesome. Oh, my God. Right, we'll get there. Um, But yeah, just the idea of like Gessler knew. Like he could have, he was like, yeah, and I could get, like come out of the way of that punch that's going to literally kill me, but she's killing my dog. Yeah. And I can't let that happen. Yeah. And I think so later on, good. somebody's like, somebody's like, I hear he died defending a dog. And they're like, classic Gessler. And they're like, yeah, but he wouldn't have been able to live without Stormy anyway. So that's, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, Gessler dies too. So we're all, that also Spoilers. happens. Um, and. But then Hood comes. Hood comes and jo- joins the fray. Yeah. Dude. Um, I loved when Hood came. I liked when he was like, I, I. I the idea sometimes I can't um picture what's going on when mm-hmm. I read these books. Mm-hmm. And then other times I can. Mm-hmm. Okay. And in this one, I just imagine him coming down so fucking annoyed and just picking her up and just slamming her like, yes. "Why yeah, do you keep doing <laughs> yeah. this? I'm sick of it." And like just picking her up and slamming her down, picking her up and slamming her down, and it just felt so satisfying to me. Yeah. Especially um Steve loves to talk about exactly how somebody uh, dies and all the bones that break and all of the blood and sometimes like and it's just like very vivid every every time almost disturbingly so Um, but this one felt like very nice I was very pleased I've had enough of your justice yeah (laughs) Yeah. literally I've had enough of your justice that is what he said yeah Um, essentially because, because Omtos Falak showed up. He said that up. exactly, didn't he? Yeah, they yeah. say that. Um, Omtos Falak showed up. We forgot that part. Yes. yes. Oh, it freezes the bay. Yeah. Really it's cool. It's fucking sick of shit. Love it. Josh, Ed, do you have any thoughts you want to add about this confrontation on the top of the tower? No, um, it's sad and also sick as hell. And just, It was my favorite it's part. Of, it's so good. Of chapter 23, I would say. It was my favorite part of chapter 23. Really, really cool confrontation. Sad Stormy and Gessler pass. Yeah. Um, cool death for reverence. Um, great death for the heart the heart gets saved that heart is pumping blood and um the chapter ends 
and this actually this was my favorite part of the chapter. Okay. And at the beginning of the episode, this is the corpse that talk delivers to Whiskey the, Jack. Yes, this is that's and that's and like once you said it, then I was like, it must have been Hetan. Yeah. yeah, like I, yeah. Which we are just kind of playing a little fast and loose with the rules because Whiskey that, Jack though. and Co. No. don't get revived, but, and all the soldiers who die don't get revived. Right, but Hetan's right, corpse gets revived. All right, Josh. A little fast and loose with it. Um, All right, what do we think about this reunion? I thought it, I thought that he must have randomly died, and I didn't realize it. <laughs> oh, that's quite a take. I thought that I like really misunderstood where they were in the world. I was like, oh, are they back at the camps? <laughs> like, is they, are they back at the Vargas camps, and they've just like revived their body at the camp? It was. I thought it was beautiful. It was phenomenal. I loved mm. it, but I was confused. It just didn't. I wasn't expect. Who, who would have expected that? I would. No, that this, was not. This, this is the fan. This is the family, other than the parents, that have gone through the most. So I mm. thought. I, I thought it was really, really nice. Very them. sweet. Oh my gosh, it was beautiful. I loved every second of it. It warmed me in ways that I wasn't expecting. I. I, I thought it wasn't real. I. Yes. I didn't believe it. I couldn't yeah. believe it. I loved it. I was can, moved. Now, can I be a bit of an annoying person? Yes, absolutely. How do you reconcile your positive feelings about this with your negative feelings about other people coming back from the dead? Well, this one's different. She, I mean, li- it, it, she likes this one. Well, actually. that's I'm, I'm sorry. And, and like, that's if this so is a shitty true. question, we can cut no. this out and like, you don't need to use it. But like, no, it, it, I don't think it's fair and I don't think it makes sense. and I don't think it should have happened. But <laughs> that's exactly okay. that's exactly how I feel. Like, yeah. yeah. And I'm not trying to like get no, you or anything. True. No, like, it's true. No, it's true. Hey, if anybody's listening and you're thinking about being shitty to India, don't fuck you hey if you're listening oh sorry continue yeah shut up yeah um no but i agree because like even whiskey jack bryce who else came back i don't even know who i'll talk like it all it it, i just don't understand the rules but (laughs) if the rules are gonna go in any favor i'm glad they went this way yeah yeah um What, what did you think aj I liked it. I always like when people come back from the dead. I've never really had a problem with it. Um, and <laughs> I, I was I was very happy to, that that this storyline had like a happy ending. Um, I'm glad the kids come back. But it makes no sense. It does make. But that's why I was. That's I feel what like I'm we saying. All so it confused. makes no sense. We were all confused. We were mm. all like, wait, huh? Because I feel like it just kind of did come out of left field. Yeah. But I, I, to be fair, you did say that that's like. They did set it up in the beginning. I just missed it. But but the setup is that there's a corpse there. And as I'm saying, no other corpse gets brought back to life by this blood. Yeah, but Tok's best friend. Exactly. There's some best friend <laughs> magic here yeah. happening. Whiskey Jack's there who is like... He, yeah, he's he's like watching the gate right now. And yeah. Whiskey Jack's not going to allow Stormy and Gessler to come back? They, they no, deserve no, no. to stay dead. Yes. Okay. They, they, die, they died a warrior's death. Yeah. They died a warrior's death. Okay. They've, they've, the, the, I, I, I don't know, Josh. Okay, and now, uh, once again, I don't care. But yes, I think, okay, exactly. wait, now, if we're, if we're following this and we're going to be annoying about it, I'll be annoying about it. I think it's like, you know, Stormy and Gessler died. I mean, I said it as kind of a half joke, but like died a warrior's death. But we've seen Hedge come back and like how fucking awful that has been for Hedge. All right. Well, also, to be fair, I was, Stormy and Gessler died after the rain was done. That's the real answer. Oh, okay. There. Okay. You're more, you're more hung up on the rain stuff. Yeah. Well, and at best, I could you could argue that Whiskey Jack being the keeper of the Gate of the Dead right now could have prevented Hetan from going over and therefore her soul hadn't crossed over, which means that screwy shit can happen as we've seen throughout the series, and maybe that's how, but yeah. we don't see well, that happen. So did she get frozen? She, well, she, she died. No, I know, her, but then yeah. didn't wasn't there didn't 
Wasn't there like Jai Cut magic that that froze that area? Or am I making that up? Um, I think you're making that but up. But they were different. Okay. She she just died of exposure. Yeah, I think there's cold. That's it was an just, element of her. It was just cold. It was yeah. the Naruk also who were causing those crazy storms. Oh. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really get what you're talking about. But um, listen, everyone. Um, and yes, at the end, talk. So there's to whiskey jack, which kind of parallels like Josh was saying at the beginning of this chapter. Oh, and she remarks she has someone else's toes, which is kind that of a is, dark humor thing. That is a weird comment. Um, yeah, oh my God. That I didn't joke like didn't her. land for me. I don't think it was, it wasn't a joke. I think she was seriously like, what the fuck? No, I think she has someone else's toes. Like yeah. It's a joke. No, she's like, my, she's probably, fu- she's like, where am I? She has no idea what the fuck is going yeah, on. Yeah, somehow her memory has been erased. Uh, Steve, well, Steve is on the record saying, mm. he's a long answer because it's Steve, <laughs> but it boils down to, she got resurrected because she talked tool and all of you deserved it. And that is his reasoning, <laughs> which is nice. That is nice. Well, um, listen, everyone, we are really in it. AJ, how long we've been recording? Just about an hour and 50 minutes. So, all right. so quick break. So we're going to take chapter. a quick break over here and then come back and record chapter 24. Um, we'll make, take a din- we might take a dinner break later on but we're at least going to go to the bathroom so well, they don't need to know exactly to know what that. we're doing in the break it's going to be two seconds for them yeah. okay it's oh my gosh I'm sorry okay that funny bone my fucking karma. the funny bone alright uh, AJ play a music <laughs> cue and when we get back we'll have taken a break and um, we'll be moving on to chapter 24 I, I gotta tell you I'm a little hungry again the pasta salad is getting a little hungry music everyone and welcome back to 10 very big books i'm alizan read through podcast my name is peter bond my name is josh baker um i'm aj Falleri. i'm india jones i've read every book in the series and However, so have we oh wow um, <laughs> and with me today reading the series for the first time my friend close <laughs> i'm confused isn't this the same episode this is the same episode yeah. our, our producer aj Falleri. how you are can, the levels you the can bars? see you can see them you tell me how they are. They look. You can um, see them. And last but not least, Joshua Dean Baker. Tis I. Um, <laughs> Tis I. Welcome back, everyone. We took like a full hour break. We had a charcuterie board. We vibed out. Um, I watched AJ's dog poop. Today's, um, today's question of the day for the folks at home. Send us in. What's your favorite element in a charcuterie board? And be specific. Don't just write cheese. If cheese um, is your answer, give us a specific. Okay. Okay, hey, well, I like that. Yeah, you can send that to Josh. So that's that's our call to action. We should start doing that from every show from now on. Yeah, I like um, that. Send it to me on the Discord. Just at me with your favorite charcuterie element. Um, Josh, you're always getting added on the Discord, and I don't check it. <laughs> that's not true. You're on it. You sometimes. check it. I check it bi-weekly, I suppose. Okay, so we've discussed chapter twenty-three, and we are now moving to the other the other battle, chapter twenty-four. Woo. The final battle, if you will. And no, not the Narnia book. Good. Last battle. Yeah. Um, but I was close. Please. I got them in the bookshelf. Right I saw your Narnia cops. Yeah. You know me. Love a Narn. Yeah. Um, all right. I would just love to check in base. We all wrap up 23. How do you guys feel going into 24? Where was your head at? Mostly, I was like... What the fuck's up with Tavor's army, though? And I'll tell you, the chapter answered that question pretty the ch- effectively. The chapter did wrap that up. AJ, where, what were you thinking? Um, 
sorry, just generally about this. Just going in the chapter, how did you feel after seeing this battle at the Spire? Yeah, I mean, I feel like if there was ever a moment where I knew what was going to happen next, it was now. Because I knew I knew who we hadn't spent time with in the last chapter, and I knew what we were leading towards. So I was like, "All right, I'm, str- I'm I, I I've got the safety bar down. I'm ready to go." Mm-hmm. Yeah, you knew what you were getting into. Yeah, it was for the first time ever. I was like, "I know exactly what's going to happen in this chapter." India, how'd you feel? All right, so um, <clears throat> coming off of twenty three, because it ends in such like an emotionally like high way with Tool and Hetan and the kids. Mm. Honestly, going into it, I was like, I don't, I need a, who else is, like, we're getting to these endings. I don't, I'm not even sure, I don't, or really, I'm not, I don't even particularly care hmm. um, how the whole story ends because I'm so much more interested in how each character's, like, story mm. is going to end. Because we've seen, in 23, we've seen some, like, really shitty endings or what i would consider shitty like dying violently or then some like more happy endings so i was just more so like in a headspace of first of all this is i'm i'm a little bit traumatized um and i'm not even thinking about what's going on at 24 i'm only wondering about the people that we know and where they're going to end up like more interested in the characters and that those micro elements as opposed to macro stuff Exactly. You just you say it so eloquently. Well, let's get into some of those specific characters. And India, we the chapter starts and we see Banishar and he's walking around with Tavor. How did you feel about seeing Tavor's command through his eyes? And we learn a little bit more about Drek here and Drek's involvement in all of this. Okay. This chapter was Tavor heavy in the best <laughs> way. I feel like I know her um, so much more now. I, I appreciate her so much more um which is a lot you've really been coming for tavor for years i know i've been coming for tavor for years i was i knew that was gonna come up because (laughs) in these this chapter i really was like you know what i just think of like a woman vice president right now and how or like someone running some woman running for some kind of office and how you just ha- you can't be too emotional mm. you have to be like very poisoned very controlled and mm. it comes off quote unquote cold and guess who fell into that trap <laughs> fucking anti-feminist me which is horrible <laughs> so i have this whole new um respect for javor and even all these whiny ass people coming up to her telling her everyone hates her literally to her face um like you're gonna be the reason we all die and the way she just handles it with like such like okay well you go do what i told you to do and i'm actually gonna go have a conversation with someone else now bye i really i just i have a whole new respect for tavor um and then the demi demi drek i don't know tavor throws that title out at the beginning of this chapter and it really feels like steve was like i can't just write banishar that many times (laughs) because demi gets thrown the fuck around this chapter it is frequent all right can we all agree banishar rules oh yeah banishar rules I hate to admit it, but it, he kind of rules. Ben yeah, is the, also known as like a priest. Yeah, yes. he's the priest. He's the last I'm so priest. Sick of it. Of I'm so the worm fucking of sick of the names. Yeah, mm. the worm. Yes, the worm. What about that? Like that part also. And when then she... when they're like the snake was a manifestation of Drex. Yes. What? Yeah. What was that? What? <laughs> so cool. Sorry, sorry for yelling. Um, yes. Uh, yeah. Um, anyway, so Tavor. Yeah, so, AJ. 
Well, yeah. What did you think about seeing Tavor here? We yeah. see her with her sword. We see the deck of dragons um, and a lot of setup before the battle. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, I, I, I love it. I think this is the first Tavor POV in here in these. No, not yet. That comes a little later. We don't see her pass out from her POV. I think all of these are from Banishar's point of view. Okay. I, I don't think we see the Tavor POV later. I could be wrong. I'm wrong all the time. Yeah, the Tavor POV is pretty much just... I think it's just the one scene, if I'm not wrong. In the... Which one is it? Is it in the fight? I didn't even take note of it. No, I don't think it's in the fight. Maybe there's more than one scene. Uh, My memory is the Tavor POV starts when she goes down and meets all the soldiers. Someone talks to the soldiers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, regardless of the number of them. Regardless. uh, I think this collection of scenes is, is really cool in that we're giving up the Otateral Sword, which has been a huge thing throughout really cool. these books. And then Fiddler is burning his deck of dragons, yeah, which really has also cool. been a thing throughout all these books. Um, I just think that's very, I don't know, there is something symbolic about it, I guess, of like saying the tools don't make the person, I guess, or something mm-hmm. like that, you know, um, or like their power doesn't come from from their tools. It comes from them, them and from, you know, their interactions uh, as people and stuff. I don't know. I think that's cool. And, and I was, I was, I think it was a great start to get the ball rolling through the rest of this, uh, this chapter. All right, Josh, next we come to a lot of the individual soldiers who we will track throughout this massive fight. We see Hedge and Fiddler talk. Um, oh, sorry, 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 sorry. We, we must, we simply must touch in on the Banishar Fiddler conversation uh, regarding life after war. And, mm. and uh, living life for hobbies. Oh yeah, when they're like, oh, the only you sh- everyone should only be doing the things that bring you like a yeah. secret joy. Yeah, or a secret. I really joy. Love secret that joy line. was awesome. Yeah. great way to phrase uh, that. And, ten and out of ten. Yeah, I would be remiss if I did not bring that up regarding what happens later with it. Of course, so, of course. Um, oh my god, I think that's a really great moment. And they talk about oaths and purpose and all this stuff, and it's just good. It's just like a really great. It's just like a really great uh, exchange. So what I was going to ask Josh, because we also see Korab, um, and we see Fiddler kind of taking a command, we see Hellion, we see a lot of these soldiers. Was there one that was really standing out to you that you were wanted to track in this battle? I actually have to say, as, as hot as I've always been on the soldiers, I think this chapter comes dangerously close to losing me in in the number of soldier POVs we get. I think some of them work really, really well, and then some of them almost feel like, you know, we have to get everyone in here. We, we've got to get one more dead smell throat slitter Wittershins, you know. We've got to get over to this group. There's a couple, there's a few of those that lost me. But it's all made up for, and I'm not, we don't have to talk about it all the way, by fucking Korab. I think Korob makes up like it just how good it is following him kind of let made made it easier for me to forgive. Well, well, speak to that. Why do you say that? Yeah, because I think Korab is just such a <laughs> is just such an honest character, mm. and I just I think his death hurt me as much as pretty much anyone else we lost. We've only known him really since book five. He was in four. He was he's, in. He's in four, and he's, he's not in. He's five. not in five. I always forget it. I always forget that it's the first four, and then we go to the tasty eater. Yeah. Sorry. So we meet him in four, and really get to know him in five and uh, six onwards. And I love his character unabashedly. He's great, and through to the end, 
he is doing exactly what he is, would be doing. There's no doubt in my mind that that's how he goes out and how he chooses to go out. And he does it with a smile on his face. And I, it's just, it's so beautiful to me. I love him. Hmm. That's really beautiful, Josh. He's a very, I can't say that he's like a very innocent character because he kills a lot of people. <laughs> but like, he is killing people uh, never out of malice. And I know it's a kind of a weird thing to say because there well, is some well, amount. Well, he is a follower in some he sense. He is a follower, but I feel like in this last battle, I mean, he is fighting for the cause, for his brothers in arms. That is it. I don't think he ever fights for himself. Yeah, and I don't think the causes he's fighting are originate from Yes. That's what you're saying. Yeah. And that's what I kind of mean in that like, he's always a part of something bigger and kind of like, mm, what does that mean yeah. to be a part of something bigger? And what does that type of oath or loyalty mean? India, when it comes to these many soldiers that we are getting sittered in, Kisswear and Sinter, Hellion, Wittershins and Deadsmell, like uh, Josh mentioned, is there one that you were really keyed into during this battle or during this intro and wanted to follow? Um, Yeah, so... Hellion is always an interesting character, but more so just for like fun. And also I like um, who she's with and where she's at, um, except for that one person. But I don't remember their name. Anyway, um, I also really enjoyed Kisswear, which I've never enjoyed before ever. Um, and I think more so this time I was really intentionally. Usually when I'm reading and I don't think this is any surprise, I'm like, OK, soldiers, whatever. Like, this is so annoying. And I don't even fully i would say try to like anything like i don't even try to get intrigued into their stories but because these last two chapters were mostly just well first of all it was the end and second of all it was um like just one large repeated kind of battle i was more keyed into it and um i was more intrigued by kissware in this story but also like not the craziest amount but definitely more so than any of the other um soldiers well, and of of that you mentioned, of the ones that you mentioned. Interesting. I know, like you said, that was not always the case. AJ, what about you? Um, I really, really love the Wittershins POV as they're as they're marching out of the city, talking about how he hates marching in uh, formation and stuff, and how like people from the outside see that as lack of discipline, but in reality, it's like, well, we don't actually have to show that we're disciplined or whatever. We just have to be good at being fighters. Um, and, and whatnot, uh, he says, uh, maybe the bridge burners had been the worst of the lot, but they'd also been the best. Wittershins liked being a Marine, a bone hunter in the tradition of their unruly predecessors. It's uh, so funny you pull that quote. I feel like, especially when you talk about the Fiddler and Hedge conversations mm-hmm. too, that invocation of the bridge burners and what it means to them and kind of almost like the position or self-respect that the bone hunters think of themselves in mm-hmm. and how they conceive of their own army um, in the shadow of the bridge burners yeah. definitely comes up here. Yeah, I do think that argument between Fiddler and Hedge about like... Um, like, oh, we're just a group of guys, blah, blah, blah. Right, and then, like, and then Hedge being like, well, isn't that like yeah. what we were? Yeah, Like, exactly. weren't we just dudes? And then people started calling, and then like we have the name, the bridge burners, but like we're just guys. Like, yeah. what's who's to say we deserve that and they don't? Um, and then also I just really wanted to say I really loved the Dead Smell uh, POV um, that starts off with Dead Smell didn't want to say goodbye, not to anyone, which I just think is like crushingly sad. Yeah. Um, it's just like... Oh Especially my God. since there will be a lot of goodbyes in this yeah. chapter. Yeah, all these men and women saying goodbye to us. The Bone Hunters were in their last days. It just, oh my gosh. Um, I really, just to step in here, they were so convinced they were all going to die 
that I was fully convinced it's over. They're all going to die. Mm. And they'll win, but they're going to die doing it. I was fully convinced this whole chapter going totally. into it. Totally. India, did you think that, that they're all going to die? No. <laughs> Interesting. All right. Well, let's get a little into the battle planning. Josh, what did you think of the role Blistig is given in the battle? Well, wait. Did we talk about the salute? Did I miss that with you? We did not talk about the salute. We, we, brought, up, we brought up Head and Fiddler talking, but we didn't we gotta talk about it. We got to talk about the salute scene. Sorry, skipping it. That scene is, I think it is a little funny to me. I think the scene is a little funny to me in that Steve is fully like admitting, listen, we have not spent a lot of time with these regulars. All right. We do need to involve them a little bit here to get you ready for what's about to happen. So we need to have kind of a good vibes send off, especially since for most of the glass desert or at least a big chunk of the glass desert, those regulars were trying to kill the Marines and heavies. So yeah. this this moment of solidarity, I, w- I thought was really nice, especially because both sides are giving the salute because they think they're the ones that are going to die. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's a great point. The Marines are saying we're, you know, that the regulars are doing, or or maybe it's the other way around. Even like, do these regulars think they're surviving, and the Marines are the ones that are going to die? I don't know, but I think it's regardless. They're just showing that quick sign of respect, and I love that. Like, it's Hedge that has to, because it's always Hedge that has to get through to Fiddler. And yeah. kind of make him step up and be that person that Fiddler doesn't want to be or doesn't think he can be. And I thought it was really cool. I, I thought it was great. And I love that the Marines and Heavies, they like do it and then boom, both sides turn around and just fucking get on with their day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, I love the argument that Fid and Hedler, or, or that Hedge and Fiddler have about like... Yeah. Like Hedge being like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Like throw the yeah. Salute they deserve back. they yeah they they need it. They yeah. deserve it. Whatever he says. Uh, so I good. just wanna I just wanna read uh, this little bit of a uh, of uh, Hedge's thought. Uh, us soldiers only got one kind of coin worth anything, and it's called respect. And we hoard it, we hide it away, and there ain't nobody who'd call us generous. Easy spenders were not, but there's something feels even worse than having to give up a coin. It's when somebody steps up and tosses one back at us. We get antsy, we look away, and part of us feels like breaking inside, and we get down on ourselves, and outsiders don't understand that. They think we should smile and wave or stand proud, but we don't want to do anything of the sort, even when we're made to. It's because of all the friends we left behind on all those battlefields, because we know that they're the ones deserving of all that respect. We could sit on a king's hoard of those coins and still stay blind to all mm-hmm. of them, because some riches stick in the throat and choke us going down. Just like... Yeah. Incredible. Just an incredible bit of, of writing there. Um, just really, really moving, I think. Um, so, and I like that imagery also of like, if somebody throws a coin, you have to throw a coin back. Mm-hmm. I think that's just fun. But so we, so we get to the battle, the yeah, battle planning, the battle, Blistic. this, you know, I'll say this. I almost, you almost brought me back on Blistic. But fool me <laughs> twice. Shame on me. So no. Uh, but I did think it was really, really interesting. I, I don't understand. I'll say this. I don't understand her motivation. Right. She saved him from being assassinated. Sure. Okay. Okay. Sure. Um, and I get that. I get the why, right? We need someone to survive who is credible. Who was there. Yeah, I get that. Why she keeps him in power for this last fight other than believing that she has kind of instilled something in him. I don't know, because every time we're in his POV, he's still a little shit mm. all the way into the very last charge when they actually get into it and he starts, you know, fucking people up. Um, so I guess her choice paid off. But, like, I did still 
find myself a little like, I don't know. There's a lot of people you probably could have just thrown right in that spot. But, you know, teach mm. their own. Also during this section, Ruth and Good and his participation in the battle is really highlighted. What did you think about that and Ruth and Good's um, kind of involvement or any other part of this battle planning? The, yeah, the Ruth Josh and Good the, stuff yeah. is, one, is another one of those moments where I'm like, ah, I get it. I need to read another book to understand these storm riders. <laughs> is there a book, The Storm Riders? Yeah, yeah, there is. Right. It's one of the ice books, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those moments Stone where I, yeah. it's another one of those books where I'm, another one of those moments in the series where I'm like, I get it. You know, there's other lore to be learned. It feels a little arbitrary, but <laughs> in, in defense of the book, Ruth and Good is constantly like, please don't depend upon me to use these powers. So, you know, it's not like it's brand new, like, all tapped out, Chief. Like, he's always made it known that, you all know, right, not so something to talk about. Let's move on. It so, didn't, I mean, did it strike you in, in any particular way, Peter? Um, I think I didn't like it the first time, but this time I'm kind of a Ruth and Guthead, you yeah. know, so. Yeah. I uh, just want to say we, we went, we, I mean, we talked about Fiddler and Hedge, but we did not talk about it at the end where they hug. They oh. hug. I cried. So. They did you hug. cried. Yes. That was beautiful. I cried and then a lot during like, these two are chapters. Are they lovers? And they were like brothers. Yeah, but Dahl's looking on with Sadik, and they're so like, oh, are they lovers? Brothers. They're like family. Yeah. Ugh. Same day. So oh. good. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Okay. It's good. I just like it. The, the, because Hedge is like, okay, well, they all saw the salute, and then Hedge says, there's something else everyone needs to see, I think. Or, sorry, Fiddler says that, and then, like, puts out a hand, and Hedge, and Hedge is like, do you think that's enough? And he said, start there. And then they grab forearms and then embrace. Uh, it's just so... Uh, now, why is... So, is the sadness of this part just coming from them all being like, okay, we're gonna go die now? Like, like is we're that, all gonna die together. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. They're like, they are all sure and that they're gonna die. I, I This is my... Regulars... Mm-hmm. Is so, that what they call people that aren't like them? That's so fucking. The people that well, aren't no, like no, that's Marines. not like a. That's not a them calling it. That's what they're called. Like they are the regular core of the army, and then beyond the regulars are the people chosen to be Marines and heavies. Like it is not really a. It is used kind of as a derogatory, but <laughs> like, but like structurally wise, it's not a derogatory. It just is. It does. It's at least giving a little YA dystopian. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the uglies, the pretties, the regulars. Uh, yes. Um, Fuck. Okay. Anyways. Sorry. Um, and I also really like the thing you said about how Hedge, like, pushes Fiddler to be a better version of himself. In yeah. A way. Yeah. Um, why? Why? Okay. Or, like, to do the thing he knows he wants to do, you were going to say. Yes. So, why wasn't Hedge going or was he always going they were just going to separate because he like was like i'm coming and he was like no don't so hedge is confused. leading these like these i was gonna say fake bridge burners but we learn we learn the truth <laughs> uh he is leading these bridge burners who have kind of declared themselves not part of the army um as they're made of, of, of like people who just showed up from lether and sort of the out people who have left the kundral after their last you know big massacre yeah and so He's basically saying, Fiddler, I'm going. I want your blessing to go. Because, you know, Fiddler can say, don't go. And Hedge could still go because he's not taking orders from anybody. I think he's just really asking for that sort of permission, that acceptance from Fid that he's going to go. I see. And Fid just doesn't want him to go because he doesn't want him to die again. Right, of course. Right. Yes, of course. Yeah, he says it. He says, it. He says oh, as yeah. much. Mm-hmm. All right, I want to go to the skies. Let's go to the skies, baby. Because there's... <laughs> We do see the four girl sail. We see the sword stuff, but Quick it's also in. Dragon City. A lot of dragons. It's Dragon time, baby. There's a lot of dragons in this at last chapter, and Silchus, Tulas Shorn, 
um, Tellerus, Kirtle, Caravis, Tiam, Ampelus, Ampelus, the ones that are named after the, the other Rudids, ones, which the is other ones that are 10 out of 10. It's raining dragons. Yeah. A lot of dragons show up. India, this element, this dragon element of the finale, how did that hit you? Uh, it hit. Uh, I don't know. Like, what do you mean by that? Like, was I like into it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't like it doesn't bother me per se. Um, they've been like a pretty, I guess, significant part of the story for a little while. Like, but I wouldn't say super significant either. But like, I guess they've just been like a little more unknown. Maybe is that mm. the word? I don't know. Sure. Like, I don't know. So I don't really have much of like, I don't think it's like super bad like good or bad it just is that they are there and they come and fight and they just like never die that e and then sometimes they do but they like get like torn to shreds and then they're like oh <laughs> i'm fine let's go do it again <laughs> um so yeah i was i wasn't hot on it but i wasn't cold on it aj josh do you have any strong you guys love dragons yeah i think dragons are cool period i always love seeing carabas just like killing everything i think that's just like a, a really evocative image in my mind of the shadow flying over a thing and then all of a sudden it's like dead also um, also cool to see that like another element of shadow thrones plan was giving the sword to silchus ruin for him to in this moment release these three dragons who we saw way earlier in the book talking yeah. with shadow throne yeah well we saw them in oh geez a long time ago with cotillion and edgewalker isn't it those dragons the ones that were I guess it is them who he speaks with I forget right isn't that the beginning of Reaper's Gale I thought it was the beginning of one of these two that that he talks with three dragons but I could be very wrong it's been quite a while yeah anyway no I think that's really cool um I think it is interesting the moments where we're like oh this was part of their plan like mm -hmm. Shadowthorn and Cotillion it's like oh okay I see what they were doing yeah, yeah, yeah. um uh I thought the Tellerist and Kirtle stuff was good. Uh, love, um, them. love, love, love them. Uh, 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 what was it? Tell was it Tellerist whose leg breaks uh, or whatever? One of their leg breaks, yeah. and they're like, "Oh, you gotta save me!" And they're like, "Oh no! If I was in your position, I would save you, but not really. Like that's just like a thing you say." And then uh, I don't know. It's just like a fun. I I, I I like them, and I think it's funny when they're in the the book, mm -hmm. and then when they are like, "Oh no, I have to turn into a dragon." Um, yeah, it's just funny. Always good time. And getting to hear their their full dragon names. Yeah, I know. Well, Tellerast is still their same one, but Kirtle is like something. But it's it's ridiculous. it's like it's got. They both have. It has. I think Tellerast has a second name. Yeah, it's it has Tellerast in it and it has Kirtle in it, but it's it's some yeah. other. All right. Um, I do want to move on. Yeah. Um, fair, fair. But I do just want to share. To me, I I don't really love the dragon element, and I kind of thought <gasps> someone would share that with me. Okay. I like when Tiam shows up. I like when it rains dragons. I like kind of the imagery. But to me, I feel like I'm like way more invested on the battle on the hill and the stakes oh, around the crypt well, I'm God. more invested in that for sure. I I guess like if I really had to sit here and think about it, Peter, I'm not a hater. I just like I like I know where my heart and attention is. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I like my only thing is I do wonder why we need Carabas. Like, why do we need to have Carabas being attacked in all these scenes of the dragons fighting? I think what's weird is, and this is maybe a conversation with the spoiler cast, I, when I first read the book, was like, why is there a huge Carcanus plot line in this? I don't mm. don't get why this is a part of the final, the ending in the series. Do you know what I mean? And reading through this time, I'm much more, although, I don't know, I have complicated feelings about it. I at least got much more, I felt like, why it was a part of the ending. 
but I don't know if I feel that way about Carabas. That's I, what I'm saying. I, yeah, I, I like don't really actually... get how it adds. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'd be interested to hear what people think. Yeah. But India? Every time we say Carabas, I think of the Italian restaurant. Carabas. Carabas. Yeah. yeah, earlier someone said Carabas, and I really was like, <laughs> why are, is there one nearby? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so let's move to the center of this crippled god stakes, this hill. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, and Barrow, please. Garol shows up. The coolest. With the heart. Love Grohl. Can I just say Grohl's one of the best? Sure. Okay? You can say you that. You can say it. You can say whatever you want. Okay. Not getting a lot of Grohl love in the house. I think Grohl's good. I think Grohl's as good as the other ones. Okay. Wow. Wow. Rude. <laughs> okay. As um, good as the other fucked. ones. Um. Anyway, so Grohl <laughs> drops down the heart, and then what's that? Caw, caw, caw. Crone's back. The now, ravens now are here. This part was sick. This, was so this fucking part weird. was I forgot so that fucked. the ravens are canonically part with the, like with the crippled god and came from his world or something. Maybe I forget. Um, oh, I loved it. So I good. That too. And they form a body for the crippled god to kind of become a god. Yeah. yeah. And you're thinking, how? Don't worry about it. It's magic. Yeah. So. The crippled god returns, and who has a co- who has a little check in with him? Fiddler talks to the crippled god. Fiddler talks to the crippled god, and he's just a guy. Any thoughts about this conversation? Yeah, some cool some cool interactions with the crippled god. This chapter, I really like a lot of these conversations with him. So, and you- Peter, on your second read, and you you can you're allowed to tell me that this should be saved for a later episode. On your second read, does the crippled god? still come across so villainous in the beginning or are you able to see the threads and how they like is the crippled god at the beginning of this series working with shadow throne and cotillion or is he fully trying to advance his own schemes which are inherently evil in how they get done in regards to things like roulade and the use of plagues across seven cities because to me i still as much as I empathize with his plight, I still think he does some pretty rough stuff in several books in this series. And as much as I like these conversations, that is one of the things I kept thinking about as I was reading them. Yeah. Um, there's a lot to unpack there. And I think we should get into it maybe a little. Because I think we should all touch on kind of the elephant in the room. That the ending of this book and that the ending of this series, like you guys were talking about in the very last episode, is like... Maybe the crippled god was not this mastermind bad guy the whole time. And maybe we have to kind of learn that he was in suffering and pain and he was lashing out and we have to forgive him and all this stuff. And we have to kind of be the be compassionate, you know, and that this is kind of this almost twist on this like we have to go defeat the dark god who's orchestrating all this stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think the book really presents a pretty complicated situation because I don't think the book, to me, in in the ending here, is like, oh my God, he was having such a hard time and all of that stuff came from such a tough place. He's actually a really good guy at heart. Yeah, and it's not a hurt people, hurt people story. Like, well, here's the thing. I think in a way it is like, oh, he actually was hurt and he, that's why he was hurting people. But I don't think the, mo- the, the, the book is like, and therefore he's a good guy and we let him. Like, the book is still like, I think wants to hold him accountable for like all of the terrible stuff he's done. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I don't think the book is trying to like act like he didn't yeah. like do some really fucked up shit. Yeah. What do you guys right. think? No, I, I totally agree. I think, uh, I mean, his ending is pretty brutal, mm-hmm. but uh, he is kind of, 
given a pretty happy ending in a way. He, yeah, I guess I, it's kind of weird because he gets stabbed. Yeah, is it really get into? And yeah. yeah, but with the, the, I think we can we can get that get to that when we get to that. Yeah. I don't know if that's a bigger conversation. I do think he gets a very happy ending, which is why I'm saying like when I think about some of the things he did, I'm I'm very, I'm conflicted. Yeah, and I think Josh, to me, when I think about those things, especially when you look at stuff like in Memories of Ice or in Midnight Tides, yeah, um, I more think about. It's like how much is that orchestrated by him or oh, versus his followers doing it in his name, you're saying. His followers doing that and he is being brought yeah. into the actions of his followers. And we, we do kind of get that POV in Bone Hunters or Reaper's Gale, one of those books where he's like, you guys are doing so much fucked up shit. Because of me. And I think you still- He plays an active role sometimes. Well, he with does Rulad, do fucked up with shit. With Rulad, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's pretty brutal stuff. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't think it's... I, and I ultimately feel like it's a very mixed bag. And what's mean? tough... Like, I don't think the book's trying to let him off the hook, but I don't think he's, like, responsible for every single thing. I will say, though, to counter a little bit, I wish any of the Rulad storyline was brought up in these last two books as, mm. like, getting justification or insight. I mean, we've got Withel, we've got Karsa, we have got... I think between those two characters who were very inter- interacted with that storyline, Breeze was in that storyline. Yeah. Like well, the amount of people that, in some way, should have interacted with, I just, I just feel like it, it just it dies. It like that storyline dies in book seven with Carsa killing Rulad. I don't, I don't know if it hardly ever gets brought up again. We don't really get yeah. any kind of reckoning with the Chris, with the crippled god about it, with his actions. Yeah, with the yeah, Lothari Eater Empire. Yeah, yeah. Because he actively caused a genus, you know, a full and massacres through through what he did with Rulad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, it's really interesting. Uh, well, we can touch on it a little later on. I don't think we're going to, like, get to anywhere, but I'd love to keep moving through this chapter. Yeah. Um, so, Calm, she wakes up our boy, Akarium. What was that in? Yeah. I just, I smelled this from a mile away. Okay. This, like... This whole ending here for this, for her, for them. Mm. Like, do you want to keep, do you want to finish your thoughts? Please, do finish, get into it. Like, it was, it was inevitable that Mappa would be like, hey, that's my friend, I have to protect him. And then she'd be like, no, I'm going to kill you. Mm -hmm. And then he dies. And then Ikarim's like, (laughs) I don't know you, but that wasn't cool. And then I have no fucking idea what's going on. Like, I, I just thought it was very, like, uh. I knew that was where that was going to go. Hmm. Interesting. Did, did anybody else feel that way? Uh, that's not my reaction, but. Well, oh, all right, cool. I agree. No, I mean, I it, like I, I was a little annoyed at Mapo. Like, uh, yeah. Come on. I think it's it, a full power forkle sale. You yeah. are half dead. Yeah. I think that was. Yeah. I wasn't like, I, you guys love Mapo. And I do love though. Mapo. Yeah. I, I think this was really sad in the way of like finding out that the nameless ones supposedly i guess that we're we're taking calm's word for it but like we're just like sending away the people that were like antithetical to their plans yeah to like yeah go watch after this immortal guy and then you'll die eventually and we'll send somebody else to do it like i was really annoyed at that which i think was partly the point of like oh so mappo's entire journey is kind of pointless and it's like well yeah kind of because that's just kind of the journey he was put on and that just makes his story like really really tragic i think because like he was I, I, I don't know i mean i guess the whole time we we were under the impression that like this was a 
like he was never gonna win Mappo. Like he was never gonna like come back and fix Icarium. In, yeah. my, in my mind, like he, this always ended with him dying <sighs> to me, or him being like, "All right, see ya." But I don't think there was ever. Yeah, I didn't think there was really a world in which the two of them have a happy ending. Right. Although, we'll get to the ending, and it is a it. Uh, there's hints that it could be pretty happy, maybe. But you think? I don't. I don't know. Uh, what do you mean by that? I don't know. At least it doesn't end. <sighs> What is the happiest ending for Icarium? In my mind, it is that he kind of just keeps on going and builds and, and has a, his friendship with... Like, that would have been best-case scenario for me. In my, I don't think there's anything more that Mappo can hope with that or killing Icarium, kind yeah. of, as, like, a mercy, but... Okay, I, I just want to share, to me, I once again, I feel like with the Carso stuff, this is the single saddest death in the entire book to me. And it is the single most heartbreaking thing to me that Mappo and Akarium do not yeah. reunite. No, oh, it's, yeah, no, it's, totally. I'm not saying it isn't sad. I'm saying I am frustrated because, and I think everything about Mappo tells me this is what he would do. I'm still allowed to be frustrated as a third party watching it to be like it's like a horror movie, you know? Like I'm yelling through the there, book, don't like don't run mm. at the four limb, the four hinged limb woman who's gonna murder you. Yeah. Yeah, and if he didn't, it when he saw Carrium and he and he ran. If he didn't run, Ubala yeah. Pong probably would have gotten there first. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but, but, <laughs> yeah, man. But he had been looking for him for so no, long. No, I know. I'm just, I yeah, know. Yeah, I she was gonna go. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it it totally makes sense, and I think it is truly devastating. I do. I think it's really, really upsetting. To be fair, his quality of life wasn't great alive. So uh, yeah, but then it's like, what does he have? Mm-hmm. He, he has well, that his was, friendship and love. That was all part. he had was the Carrium. Yeah, but like, a Carrium doesn't even remember him. Yeah, I think there is a point where Mappo has this whole kind of thought process with himself. Yeah, like, it was a point? while ago. Yeah, but I do think, I don't know, I mean, it, it just makes it more tragic to me that he just feels like he has no one else besides this mm-hmm. guy who doesn't even know who he is anyway. Yeah, it's fucked it's up. It's just like so okay, sad. So see, earlier we were talking, and I think we were talking about deaths, and I know you've talked about deaths and coming back, and, and like, oh, does the series pull punches sometimes, you know? And I think there's so many times I feel like it does pull its punches in some ways. But then I think about stuff like this or Troll dying or these other moments. And I'm like, okay, well, these these are things that sting really hard. And it's there is no like there. I guess there's that somewhat glimmer of hope of an ending. Josh is mentioning Mm -hmm. where it's there's this idea of Karim will go forward and maybe remember stuff. And like that's somewhat optimistic, Mm -hmm. you know. But this idea that Mappo just truly was given this quest in this shitty way and then was kind of obsessed in this weird, like almost selfless, I don't know. It's it's very yeah. complicated his relationship to Akarim. And then just ultimately it amounts to him dying for him. Yeah. And never really having that moment to me is just so deeply sad. Yeah. And we had to meet Taralak Veed. And we had to meet Taralak Veed. <laughs> that fucking guy. Yeah. That's the real. Mm. <laughs> Anywho's so Herb Hellion, they have a smooch. Urban Hellion. That was, that was funny. really kinda I liked it. That was nice. Yeah, I liked it. She loved it. He loved it. They loved yeah. each other. Yeah. That guy in the middle, funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I liked that. I I thought it was silly. It classic. Classic Steve. Let's lighten this up a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I, I agree. I think it was just a, a nice little moment. I think for you know, I don't know. It wasn't really a will they won't they between Hellion and Herb, but 
I don't know. In some ways, it kind of was. Yeah, I think I like it was fun. like like the the POV we get from Herb where he's like, "I love you." How hard is that to say? I was like, "Oh yeah, this totally makes sense." Yeah, like, I totally get this. And he's talking about like, "I'm so happy that she's not a drunk anymore." Yeah, but man, this would be so much easier <laughs> if she was. That, yeah. I don't know why that really got me. That thought was so funny. Yeah, we see some more soldiers all around the battle <laughs> mm-hmm. soldiers everywhere soldier in this talk. battle a lot of soldiers there's a lot of soldiers um, <laughs> we see a third grade field trip in this battle <laughs> <laughs> they're going to the aquarium and i'll just say the i aquarium. somewhat agree with josh sometimes in this chapter i'm just a little lost and bouncing around through all the soldiers you know and we're, mm. and we're bouncing between like both fights yeah or no we don't we no, we don't, right? No, I don't know what you're talking about. You couldn't about, tell what me. What do you mean both fights? I didn't know there were... Please. What? No, no, no. Yeah, we're not about to... For some reason, my head was about to say we bounce between the one fight and the other, but we we don't. Um, we don't get back to the... We basically see the very first part of the fight at the Barrow, and then we jump and just do the other battle for ages. Yeah, mostly. That's right. That's what it is. All right. So then let's come to it. Tavor... Yeah, baby. ...kind of prepares with Lestara, and then she walks down... Okay, wait, 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 wait. And see, this is where... (laughs) Yes? No, we used to... I was going to say, this is where, as I was saying, the endless... We we can just keep creating more pures and more high waters. I was getting a little... I personally was a little frustrated this chapter with, like, oh, there's just three more entire armies, you know? Like, it just felt like we couldn't... I don't know. Personally, I found it a little frustrating to just have constantly have so many fights to have to happen because there's no other because we have to have this high tension moment where things come together. And I don't know. I know it's a bad complaint, but it was like it was a little frustrating. to me. I just we just kept having more pures that we have never heard of that have never been mentioned that are just there with their own 8000 person armies. I read like five times that there were no more peers and yet <laughs> that's how I felt India. She's like, like it's just a reverence literally is on the spire and she's like, I don't need any others. All the other peers are gone, but there are more in other continents. I'll find them. Yeah. And then next chapter, there's three more peers leading armies like 50 miles away. And I thought they were dead. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like before. I simply don't care. Yeah, I could not imagine caring, but I support you 100%, well, Josh. imagine it. Yeah, do your best. Um, <laughs> so I just wanted to touch on Tavor and, and Lestara getting ready for battle. Oh, Amazing moment. Oh, <laughs> hurt so good. I yeah. loved it. I loved it. They have like a cute little like friendship that mm-hmm. unspoken, just like full support. I loved it. And I have a question. Well, do you want to say anything about it? Since no, I please. I, I mean, yes, but please keep please. going. No, no, no. You... So at one point, like she's getting ready and um, I guess the star like is putting on her necklace. Yes. Yeah. Okay. This is what I wanted to talk about. Please, you go. What do, we, what do we make of this passage here? Um, reaching inside, she drew out a necklace, a simple leather string, and an eagle's talon of brass and gold. Then she turned to the captain. Would you tie this for me, please? But Lestara simply ta- stared at the talon. Captain, she looked up, met Tavor's eyes. The adjunct sighed. I am a child of the emperor. What more is there for you to understand, Lestara Yill? Nothing, adjunct. Hey, what is? what do we make of that? <laughs> it's very confusing. Okay, here's my take. Here's my fucking take. Please. All this, this whole time, Tavor has been 
Um, and even like earlier when um, she like falls over after she stabs the sword into the ground and yeah. gets cleaned up and she's like, oh my God, like I'm so like, I'm so embarrassed you've seen me like this, like mm-hmm. all dirty and shit. This whole time Tavor has not been like, you know, taking care of herself, like mm-hmm. worried about looking nice, worried about smelling good, worrying about um, wearing like a necklace even, but she's going into like, this is how I took it. And I just... I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy, but like she's going into this final battle. I she she knows she's gonna die. She knows what she's planning to do. Yeah. And I think it's like her last, just like I don't know. She's like, ah, this is it. And she is trying to like I don't know, look her best, do her most. She's wearing perfume. Sure. When the fuck does she wear perfume? Yeah. Like, and I don't know. Damn. Maybe I don't. But that could just be my take on it. Like, but it does seem a lot like she's never she's she never cared. But like this is her final. Yeah. Like this is it. I think that's a great take, India. Yeah. Um, because for me, I was focusing very much on the Talon imagery. Oh, me too. And the Talons were like the secret, secret assassins that the Emperor Empress had. Yeah. And so I had the same thought of like, has she been a Talon the whole time? Yeah. But we, I th- we know that uh, actually we do know she's a Talon because Tavor sent the Talon Bodum, mm-hmm. Bodum, whatever his name is. She's the one that sent him to cover for Felicin. Mm. I forgot that. Or at least we knew that the Talon did that and was yeah. sent. Maybe we, I guess we knew that Tavor is the one that sent. Yeah. But so, then, so, but I think. I, I just don't know why we needed to be reminded right Well, but then. I think, I but think India also- brings up a good point of it. It is, I think in this moment, just a piece of jewelry. I yeah. think she is just trying to be a person mm-hmm. again because she's like, I'm a child of the emperor. What, like, what do you want me to say? Yeah. Like, yeah. this is the only piece of, like, nice jewelry I have. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just I, like, I think it can be both things at once. I sure. think it can both be talking about her role and relationship to the Emperor and whatever her being a child of the Emperor, as in her words, and also about wearing perfume and, and feeling connecting with a sense of identity, mm-hmm. connecting with a sense of personal identity of who she is, which can be about objects and presentation, but can also be about relationships to the Emperor. She's a child of the Emperor. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it can be yeah. both things. So. Yeah, I agree. Okay, I just like I was like I loved it. Yeah, I don't know. It just like that. I read that moment a couple of times over, and I was like, "This feels like it's significant in a way that I'm not clocking." Mm. I still, yeah, I hear you. but I feel like it didn't like, like it was a moment, and it happened, and then it was over, and that was just it. Like mm-hmm. there wasn't any like. Yeah, there was no heel turn where it's like Malik Rail is here, and she's been working for him the whole time. <laughs> like there was no, there was no other shoe that dropped or anything. Which, which is, I mean, we, I, I do think this reveal of Shadow Throne. And mm. his involvement mm. with this whole she thing. She does say I'm a child of the Emperor. Which is which is a bit of a reveal exactly of like... Oh, yeah. The Emperor did make the Talons. Emperor I, I forgot that. Yeah. Mm. So well, yeah, the Dancer made the Talons, let the record show. But um, but I just that their involvement in this scheme and orchestrating a lot of this in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, Before we move on, this is an unrelated question that I just had. So at one point, I was kind of confused at what they were getting at, but they were talking about the white face bar ghast, Mm -hmm. why they had white faces, and it was because they wanted to look like the Fork Rail Sail. Mm -hmm. That blew my mind. Yeah, I totally forgot about about it. it, We talked about it a little bit with the Gilk, because there was the same conversation we talked about, the Gilk turtle armor. It was in that, but we didn't didn't talk about the white face part. Yeah, no, that was sick. I thought that was so cool. That was wild. Weird, though, and again, Peter's going to say they don't care. And that they can't imagine caring. <laughs> weird, weird that the Gilk are the only ones that we hear about having turtle shells, and they're part of the larger white face. Why are the Gilk not leading the white face? Maybe they used to lead. Hard to answer. Unknown. 
answer to that question. So let's talk about, <laughs> I believe, the first time we have a Tavor POV in the entire series. Mm-hmm. So Tavor marches down the Bone Hunters as like, hey, this is you. You did that. Hey, you, you did that. Mm-hmm. This is you. And then she gives this long speech. Mm-hmm. India, what did you think? I loved it. I loved every fucking, every, and this is another reason that uh, uh, immediately a Tavor head, obsessed, <laughs> love her, complete 180. Mm-hmm. I think I, that speech just like, hey, no one's going to know what you do and it, it, no one's going to know what I do. And that's okay because <laughs> I know and you know and I see you and you see me and let's go get this fucking bread. I literally loved it. I thought it was amazing. I thought it was such a good moment because like everybody's been saying how cold and and, and just disconnected and blah, blah, blah. You know, the same, the same. But she really came out and was like, hey, I know you and I know you and I see you. And I loved it. I liked that she went a different way than kind of people had been thinking she was going of the route of. Even if we win, there's no room in the history books for us. So it's not that we're not going down because we lost. You know, it's just in just kind of like a no one's going to know the individuals, but we know. I, th- I don't know. I thought it was I thought it was me pessimistic. And then it was like just hopeful enough that it kind of set their spines. I thought it was so optimistic it's so moving i thought it was one of the best and i didn't think it was gonna be pessimistic i felt like it was gonna be optimistic yeah and it's very fucking epic yeah it's Um, sick just us just us in solidarity here blistic's like about to go try and save he's like oh Oh, my god and then everyone's just like ready to go no josh they very distinctly don't oh you're right everyone's just like (laughs) silent yeah that is the hardest shit I've yeah. ever read in my life. Oh, it's so good. Oh, my God. It was so Say good. Nothing. I just can't we believe Steve are, yeah, in fuck. one book gave us this, and then also Spinok Durov hitting people's shields so hard as he's given that speech. Like, oh. same book, we get both and, of these. And we were t- you, it's so funny. You were talking about the speech in the last chapter, and you compared it to Spinok Durov. Yeah. To me, out of all of the like commanders giving a dramatic speech, but it is like not even close. Oh, yeah. It is this one this by one, a mile. This one's so good. But we've been you waiting know? for this. Like we've yeah. been waiting yeah. for her to come out and do something like this. And oh, it was just it paid yeah. off AJ, tenfold. It's get in here. I was just gonna read the the quote. I mean, India's already paraphrased it pretty uh, succinctly. But say nothing. We are walls of silence. You and me. We are perfect reflections of oh. the one we face, and we have faced each other for so oh. long now. And the meaning of that silence is none of the enemy's business bone hunters yield only in death on this day Mm. and then and then following it up with blistic being like so how do you fight and then their soldiers just being like boom oh my god how do you fight how do you go into battle that erect you know (laughs) it must be hard to move around the armor when you're that hard they got its chain belt a little flexibility um it just is such an amazing speech and we'll talk we'll talk a little bit more about it later too um, so really love that. And it's such a powerful moment being able to step into Devor's head like that. And in the faces around him, he saw the coldest iron he had ever oh, yeah. seen. You got to get one more cold, cold iron, iron in there, baby. The coldest iron. Um, Ice cold. How cold? Ice, Ice cold. cold. <laughs> I, I will just say, highly suggest that, and I remember in book six when I... Because not only I talked about the unwitnessed thing, but when she first uses the word unwitnessed, I believe on the boat in book six, mm-hmm. um, it like hits so hard. I was like, oh, this is like 
the origin of an ethos. Actually, you know? I believe it's on the boat a book seven. You think it's in seven? I think it's seven. We get a flashback scene. Inch, I don't know. But anyway. Oh, yes, yeah, India. yeah, Because I think it's it's a Banishar It POV, is a Banishar right? flashback. He's like, she gave that crazy speech. Yeah, yeah it is a Banishar flashback. Lashari yells there. Everyone's like, yeah, what yeah, the yeah. fuck was that yeah. speech? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she's like, we're going to the end of the world <laughs> to be unwitnessed. And everyone's like, yeah. <laughs> that sounds like it kind of fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah. Um, but even okay. Now, another another fun Coltane oh, parallel. God. Um I love the idea of her saying like no one's going to remember this, no one's going to remember us whether we leave or, win or lose, no one will remember us and we will be here and we will remember and that's that. Whereas like how many times have we heard about the fucking chain of dogs? Mm. And how that was going to go down in history? And why is that? Because they fought so, because uh, they they traveled a whole continent to save those people. We just I just read that quote again recently. <laughs> was that was there a quote about that in this book or a different book? I don't know. My immediate thought is that we're also wrapped up in somewhat in imperial politics, and that the Malazan state and Malakrel in particular has a huge interest in the history around those events and what happened to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm, um. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But. Uh, I will say, I guess there is some allusions to, you know what? I'm not going to say anything. What? <laughs> I'm so lost. Well, what? this Just... is one of those things. I've read that other witness book. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Witness. I get it. You guys have read these 10 books. I've still, unfortunately, <laughs> read a few more Malazan books than you. Oh my gosh. Incredible. Um, it never ends. End, yeah, it never ends. End. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm done with that. Um, all right. So. After the speech, there's a little bit more um, preparing for battle. It's Brother Aloft is like, wow, they're so quiet. They must really fucking hate her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. So funny. <laughs> so good. We see Gal and Hanavat. That's sad. Well, it's sad in a nice way, I guess. Well, it's. I feel so tough with some of this battle stuff. Like, I mean, is there... We could each pick... I mean, we. I would say, like, the only thing worth talking about in this battle for me was the five regulars who joined to... Uh, get Tavor back into the lines. I thought that series of events was incredible. And it's the five that she had named. I teared up at that. I yeah, thought that was dude. so cool when when Blistic pointed that out. Great scene. I don't know if any of them made it, you know? It, it did it really hit you, India? Or? Yeah, it was it was okay. a good one. It was a good one. <laughs> it was I thought that was great. Lestara screaming at Hanar to get yeah. back. Uh incredible. Uh, uh I, I think that was the highlight of it. Obviously we get the Oh look, the Riders of Rohan are here moment when Perrin's <laughs> army shows up at the last second and hammers in. Um and then the moment. We'll yeah. get there. A- the AJ moment. thoughts on the battle itself. Um it was cool. <laughs> I liked I liked the fighting. I Gaul rest in peace. Yeah, Gaul rest in peace. I was gonna I was gonna call that out. Um the Banishar conversation with um sure. Hanavai is like, oh, are you gonna name the baby Gaul? And she's like, There's only one Gaul that I want to think of when I think of that name. We don't find out like, that baby's name, though, right? Carsa Orlong. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> no, we, we don't. Um, but I, I just think the sentiment of, like, no, Gaul is, is one person. Singular. Is yeah. singular. Like, there is that only was awesome. one. Oh, my God. Um, I love their relationship. I think that storyline of all the, like, sub-storylines that have gone through the last couple of books, um, I mean, through the series, I think, honestly, like, that, that kind of... 
It's, it's not like a, I don't know. It's, I don't want to say it's a B plot, but it is kind of a B plot. It is a B yeah. plot. Um, um, and I just, every time we go back to them, if I anything, like, it's Ugh. like a C plot. I don't know. It's, but it's so good. It's it, it so well good. written. I love the characters. I feel so connected to them for some reason. It's just, uh, it's just so good. And can I just say, banish our heads where are we at yeah am i right oh, yeah. you heads. guys get it you guys get it now why i understand i always liked banishar for a long time i'm glad aj's come around on banishar okay um i've been a fan of banishar since <laughs> book five four When's not it? in four six? or five nice try when does he show up is that six, six. jesus <laughs> okay ruth and god's out there crushing it mm-hmm. hey yes they just said his name so many times. Mathox, the guy leading <laughs> Ganoas's cavalry, right? That's it. Thank you. Yeah, I, I don't know. I thought so, about. and I could not be fucking bothered to go check. I just was like, I'm going to make the assumption that that's right. But So, Josh, you alluded to it earlier. Perrin joins the battle. Yes, they have killed that force that was sent to stop them. They didn't have Quick and Kalam, so it was a little touch and go, but they did it. Mm-hmm. All happened off screen, baby. Ganoas's specialty. <laughs> master of the decks, more like master of off screen. <laughs> Don't Action. matter, it happened. Ganoas, we're like, I just Gano, got back I'm from not doing something book. important. <laughs> <laughs> more like Gano exposition. <laughs> All right, Good so job, let's talk guys. about it. The parent siblings. The first thing she says is that she couldn't save her. Oh, fuck. Really hurt me. India, how would you feel about that, India? Well, let's be clear. There are people like me out there, and I know they exist. And this that was for us. Yeah. Even though she doesn't know that not only could she not save her, but she killed that's, her. That's what I've been saying the whole time. She already, th- she already thought she killed her. You know? Well, figuratively. Not literally. Yeah, she does. She didn't know. Well, like, she still doesn't know. Okay. She still doesn't know. We can't get back into this. <laughs> I know Just we're not saying. getting back into it. We're not. But at the end of the day, I'm glad she said it. But I, and I do love a sibling moment. Would it have been nice if, you know, little Felison could have just been there? If Felison was also there. Her little whirlwind self. <laughs> no. Yes, but no. But no. And that was sad. Honestly, it was sad. Now I'm a Tavorhead. I, I get it. Mm-hmm. Long time Tavorhead. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. First time caller. <laughs> um, we talked about it already. The core app stuff's really good. Yeah. Okay. I'm not. Are you guys moving past this? I feel like this is one of the best moments for me. No. Yeah. We got to talk about it first. Well, can you tell oh, us sure. about it? Parent you love so much about it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not jumping past there. it. Sorry. I just that, that happens after the core app stuff. Yeah. I was. We 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 hopped past a bunch of scenes. Yeah. I think I just. So you want to go right there? <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I was a little. I was excited to talk about, it, but I was a little lost in the battle and kind of how to chew through it. If I'm being honest. No. We can just talk about this and then we'll we'll just we'll finish at the barrow. Okay. Well, Star has her whole moment. Oh, yeah, Lestar with the wanting to dance stuff and being, yeah. like, cotillion. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and he won't drink, he won't answer her. So They're all cool. on their own in this battle. Yeah. yeah. No god um, intervenes here. Just power of man. Brutal. And I feel like in those scenes, you can really tell her desperation, yeah. which is such an interesting thing to see from her. I want to find that scene where she's talking about her mm-hmm. dance. Take um, me, cotillion, please. I I'm just you. so... There's a couple. Guys, I gotta say, for so many books... I've been convinced the parent siblings will never talk see each other. See each other. <laughs> yeah, me too. And it was such a relief that they did. Was- and that and it wasn't with one of them dying in the other's arms. And I think although you start to see it earlier in the speech Tavor gives, her moment here is just such this release of this energy she's been holding the whole series uh-huh. yeah you know absolutely and this like this burden that she's been bearing leading up to her like finally letting letting go mm-hmm. and kind of 
seeing her older brother and big bros here i can i can let my guard down just like yeah having, having a family again yeah and just like letting herself be taken care of yeah mm-hmm. you know and not be the leader Ugh, you know god beautiful i'm gonna cry again so um, it's so good brutal stuff yeah love tavor love tavor love tavor <laughs> um josh texted me mm. i did text peter about one specific moment and we're finally here do you want to share, Josh? It's me. What do you mean? I'm nefarious bread. Oh, Who my is then God. immediately vanishes, and everyone's like, that's just a story we made up. There's no nefarious <sighs> so bread. A story we made up literally like four months ago. I'm, like, it's not even, <laughs> yet, it hasn't even been that long. Somehow. Oh, my God. There he is. Oh, it's, God, with a weird fucking accent and like a gold tooth or some shit in my yeah, mind. Man. What do we think? Nefarious bread, real character or not? I mean, I think he's real. I think he's real. No, no, I think he's a cryptid. Don't think he's real. A cryptid. Okay. <laughs> no, I don't think he's a soldier well, who's Pete, actually. Are you there. saying I think he's... Bigfoot's not real? <laughs> Boy, oh, right on now, the podcast. right now. I need to hear you say it if that's true, because <laughs> I need to rethink some things. <laughs> All right, Bigfoot's real. Thank you. Thank nefarious you. bread's real. Oh, thank you God. God. I think Nefarious bread has been grubbed into existence. You know. Fuck. And he's all, look. He's not. He's not been there long enough. He only can manifest for that one moment. Yeah. All right. Should all we right. get to the barrow? In the barrow, baby. Let's go. In the barrow, yes. So the crippled god, we're back to him. Corabus is there. Carabas is showing up. They're like, oh, we need you to chain Carabas. And then TM starts manifesting. Um, cool. And cool stuff. Really cool stuff. AJ, what'd you make of it? Uh, I thought it was cool, but I want to talk about the Fiddler Hedge moment. Okay. Yes, the Fiddler Hedge mode is wonderful. Um, where Hedge is... Uh about to die always keep one on you yeah and then he he goes to he goes to i guess like blaze of glory himself whatever and then fiddler saves him and then it turns out that that thing was a dud anyway because he'd been carrying it for so long uh i thought i just thought that was great and i just thought this was a really nice moment that fiddler got to save hedge's life i don't know it was nice our guys our guys yeah all right any other conversation between male and crawl and they'll become important later on in the resolution of the crippled god and where they go. Um, what did you think about this kind of cave and this like kind of dreamy imagery? I think it's all in italics, or maybe that's when the crippled god sees them later on. I kind of forget. Um, pass. pass. I think, I think, as an audience, Habor expect to what we Fuck deserved you. was Steve to just put all of the Boric scenes in one little section for us to have to reference before this chapter because I and all the Jade stuff because I was so lost Josh I was also lost on the reread yeah I'm just, <laughs> I'm just gonna be honest sure um I mean I can read other people describe it to me but the Boric stuff is so spread out and so to me esoteric I, yeah. yes. I definitely have a hard time tracking it yes yeah. I feel really bad but right. I want to I want to touch back on the Tavor and Gano scene really quick again <laughs> because I think the way that it mirrors we didn't even talk about it I thought we were coming to it after <laughs> well we were in it we were in it we, then you said you wanted to go I just wanted to we've go been through bouncing the, around yeah we, we've been hopping around this chapter is really breaking down we're we're everywhere right yeah. now got it I just think the way okay well first of all through the bars of his helm's iron grill she was directly ahead a prisoner still I think is an amazing line and incredible imagery of of uh, of Gano seeing her through his his helm I just think is like amazing imagery and then the uh 
you know, Tavor had fallen to her knees with the sword in the ground. Uh, and then the way this kind of, uh, I don't know, it's kind of a mirror to her relationship or her, the scene with, with um, her and Felicent with her and Felicent a mirror where, where the, the other sibling has a mask or a helm on. And she's like, I'm going to kill this man. Please someone tell him to stop. And then before she can swing, Oh my God. Wait, it's me. It's me. It's me. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's just like, so fucked dude. Uh, It's just, it's like the parent, these parent siblings are embracing them are embracing on a battlefield, but in a totally different way. Yeah. It's, it's, Oh oh my my God. God. And even oh, this fucking oh my god! Oh, it's Steve, Rereading it, Steve, it's just like yeah, <laughs> Steve, you sneaky little snake. I know. It ends. It uh, uh, we we get it to four POV. Um, someone was rushing towards her, another enemy, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, don't attack me, please. Someone stop him, please. I will kill him, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then her blade was a blur, and then that's the end of her POV. Yeah. <laughs> and then we switched again. It was his POV, and I'm like, I swear to God, if this man ends up stabbed, uh, but it starts with he caught he her caught wrist. Caught her wrist. Ugh. Yeah, beautiful. And oh. was rocked back by the force of the swing. She so was that, gonna fuck him. Up. She was gonna fuck him up. The fact that she was still able to muster that much strength after, like, uh, you know, fully collapsing is just, it's, oh, I'm just, oh my god, it kills me. The first oh. thing she says, the first thing she says is, I lost her. <laughs> it was like every Tavor scene in this in these last two chapters was a chef's kiss. Mm. It was the payoff that I we I it, we deserved. So we deserved it so much. We did, and it was a long time coming. Oh my! It was how many books coming? It was like literally the up entire and, up until the end. It was like dead silent Tavor in the back. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh uh, my god! And then they all, the whole Bone Hunter army, uh, collapses to their knees. Oh my god! Jesus. All right, let's get into the Cripple God. Yeah, sorry, side. sorry. Back but, to the. But Josh, how did you ultimately feel about this resolution with Carabas? <sighs> Not great, personally. Mm. Um, Why is that? Because. I like to think that I'm pretty good at understanding things, mm. and I left having essentially no idea what happened, why it happened, what their plan was, and I know that the books are intended for a reread, but I think if you've read the books and paid as close of attention as we have, it should not be so hard to figure out what is going on. You know, like the reasoning for things. Uh, yeah. Like sure. I know Burns dying. Everyone else seems to have forgotten that for the last four <laughs> books. because We haven't <laughs> talked about it in a while, but like <laughs> Burns dying. There's uh, the blood's infected. The moon exploded. We've got to do these things. And I'm like, I know that these things all are why this is happening. I just do not get the how. And the problem is a lot of the magic in the Malazan world, the how is really where we get a little hung up. So I don't really know if I'm ever going to understand it unless I, like, study these tomes again. Yeah. AJ? Yeah, I feel kind of this. I I, I mean, the Karabas ending, but I think also just generally um, this this whole ending, like the, the Karabas and even to the Crippled God, like, slaying part, I was, I felt, like, so confused. I, I think the I think the Hiboric stuff is sick, but I think it's sick in the way that all the other Hiboric stuff is, where it's like, I don't know what's going on going on, but I sure am along for the ride. <laughs> yeah. Um I think the scene with him and Kural and Mail under the water outside of Letharis or wherever. Yeah, so these elder gods are in this cave and they're kind of talking about almost like a type of like afterlife or peace that the crippled god could find. Yeah. I mean, I don't really know how to understand it, but that's 
they're like in my mind in a spiritual realm. Oh, interesting. I saw it as the bottom of the ocean for some reason, and I guess they explain this. The the I could be wrong. Don't uh, trust me. Well, they just explain where um, Heberich's hands are as like silty. Sure. And to me, silty is the bottom of the ocean. And that was the last time we saw Haboric like do something. Was, definitely in a watery place. Yeah, yeah, when he when he got thrown over the side of the thing and saved everybody from the exploded moon. Um or whatever that was. Anyway, that's where I saw that they were. But I, I love that conversation. I love Haboric. I think it's great when he shows up. The when they were the, when they were talking to the crippled god about like, well, we need to bind you to this world, but we don't have a way to do that, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And then when it was Haboric was like, Yeah, you have a jade hand and an otateral hand. The jade hand is the alien stuff, the otateral hand is the stuff on this world. Yeah. And that is how we can connect these things. I I was driving when I listened to it and I yelled out in my car, no fucking way. Because that was so, so cool to me. Yeah, it was sick. Uh, there is no doubt. I, I was just like absolutely blew my mind. And so then going ahead now to the Carabas part um, where he's like, yeah, hold on. And just like reaches his hand up and pulls Carabas out of the sky. That's fun. A weird mirror to Fenner. Yeah, mm. um, but not really in a way that I think really means anything. It's just like and he, there he is a character who has done stuff with his hands, and he's once and again doing stuff with his hands. Moment it's an like, interesting element to think about the ending. It makes me th- want to reflect more on the Karaba storyline. Totally, Josh. The Jade, and isn't there a moment where they're like the Jade's hands are meant to be a warning to to something? I just was like, man, I'm sure if I read all of these parts back to back to back to back to back, it would really clear things up. But that's a stunt to find all those disparate parts through the ten books. Well, that's why the search of the fallen exists oh, you just look up Haboric and then yeah. read all the entries with the word Haboric and okay good to know good definitely to know. will be helpful I'm just I'm totally joking that will be nearly impossible I think to understand all right so that's a bit about the Karabas stuff India the crippled god gets killed and what do you think about kind of the ending of the crippled god and the resolution of that storyline obviously he's killed by Cotillion and then there's kind of this scene afterwards um, with him in a way how did that make you feel um all right so this book is called the crippled god and as we noted earlier this really hasn't been much about the crippled god and we really haven't learned much except for like okay he kind of sucks sometimes and now it's like okay maybe he wasn't that bad so believe it or not i felt pretty disconnected to him dying i didn't feel like particularly like it wasn't the most by far impactful death for me Hmm. and well, because like what his dying was like part of the plan or what? Like it was so random. Agree. Sorry to interrupt. No, no, that's it just was it? Like Cotillion shows up mm-hmm. and like seems like that was part of the plan, but then he seems upset about it. So then I was like, I hope he didn't like actually fucking murk the crippled god, because that would be a real bummer to end the story. Yeah, this is kind of how I felt also. I'm really happy to hear you guys both feel the same yeah. way. Yeah. Because I like Cotillion did it. Or sorry, so so the the chains break. He's like, oh man, I the, the weight of these chains, I can barely move, and then starts moving, and then stands up, and then Tiam's there, and et cetera, et cetera, and then uh, 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 there's this whole thing about like, oh, you have to chain Tiam, or the world would be destroyed, and all this, and it's like, okay, I guess I'll do that, and then Haboric stuff, and then uh, he just gets stabbed. I don't know. I like, I feel like I'm missing a, a part, but. I'm confused what you guys are confused about. I feel like you get what the ending is. It just wasn't that impactful. Yeah. It's, like I, so, so it's this, okay? I think maybe the part of it is because we're seeing it through Cork's eyes, right? Which is, I will say, a 
for me a rogue POV. A rogue this. POV. He felt his soul reaching forth, closer, closer, reaching to touch. The crippled god smiled at him, blah, blah, blah. The shadow rising behind him was out of place. It could not belong inside those raging fires. Koric's scream of warning ripped through all his throat. He flung himself forward even as Cotillion's knives plunged down to sink into the crippled god's back, right? And it sounds like a very bad thing. And then Fiddler's like, it was the only way, Cork. It's for the best. <laughs> and it's like, you don't... S a voice spoke behind Cotillion, like, three pages later. Well done. I know, like, failure never did Shadow Throne. Like, what does all that mean? Yeah. Does, was killing him the way to return him to his people? I guess. But, like, it's framed really darkly, in my opinion, by, like... The whole stabbing the in the back language thing. around the scene. Maybe, maybe, Pete, you just walk us through your... Yeah, I, like, I agree that to me the language of the scene is at least a little violent and it does portray that like almost Cotillion's assassinating the crippled god, which yes. is not really how I read the scene. That's how I read it. That's how I read well, it, Well, no, yeah. what I mean is like, like, <laughs> I don't really like, would you, I wouldn't call this just an assassination. Do you know what I mean? Why? You didn't see it coming. We didn't see it coming. It came from a mile away. No, all I mean is that to me, I read this scene, I get what you're saying, but it's like, the crippled god is being freed from his suffering, in a sense. And ultimately, to me, returning to his realm, returning to a spiritual place, and, like, I guess ultimately writing this book and contextualizing what brought the Malazans and all of, all of this event that led to him being, like, killed in that way. I, I don't know if that makes any sense. I kind of get what you're saying, yeah. I, look, if you're telling me that canonically this just leads to him being released to go back to his people, I'm a happy man. That's that's to my understanding And that's of what it. I was, uh, I don't want to use the word assuming, but that's kind of what I was like hoping it meant, because otherwise it's it feels bad. Yeah, <laughs> I, I feel like I'm just like missing some points on the, on the like map, and like I saw him get stabbed and I was like, oh, and then they say this is the only way and I'm like, okay. And then I don't really know what that means. Like, it was the only way for what? But I guess if it's it's the only way for him to go back to his people, et cetera, be free, mm -hmm. then like, okay, yeah, I agree with Josh. Like, that's then I'm happy with that, but I wish that I understood it in the moment. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm surprised that you guys feel that way, if I'm being honest. But yeah, I've, I felt a little betrayed. And I was, hmm. but I was like, you felt betrayed by Cotillion. I was like, ooh, I hope this was the good thing. I hope we did this for the good reason and not a bad reason. Yeah, I think that's what it was. It was like I was, I was unsure how to read the events happening. Like I was yeah. unsure whether to be like nice or whether to be like, oh my god, or like, yeah, yeah, yeah. what I was supposed to feel in that moment. Well, I mean, you are in Cork's point of view. He doesn't quite understand exactly like, the yeah. schemes. Sure. So and like, speak. I get that. And I think that's great. And I think seeing it from Cork's point of view, I get how Cork feels, but I don't know how I'm supposed to feel as the person reading the book. Hmm. Like how, how, like, and you know, not to say that you're supposed to feel a certain thing reading a, reading a, a book or whatever, but like, yeah. I was like, Oh, Cork feels confused and kind of betrayed by this. I get that. And then they're like, that was the only way. And then I was like, okay, what does that mean? And then I feel like there was I didn't get any explanation past that mm -hmm. or I didn't I didn't glean any explanation past that. Not I didn't get it. Um. All right. Well, that's another thing I'd love to hear. Why don't you guys write in? Let us know what you think about the that element of the ending. Um. Mm -hmm. I guess we're a little split over here. Um. Yeah. I will say everything after that. I was like, hell yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. yeah. Yes. I was yeah. like, all right. So let's get into that. So the soldiers. There's a kind of goodbye to a lot of these soldiers. Um. We see the bridge burners. Um. Whiskey Jack Fiddler, they they talk. 
Um, India, how did you feel about having a goodbye to, to these? Uh... I love Quick Ben and I love Kalam, but you we weren't asking ta- about them. We didn't even talk about Kalam that much. He's we, also in the finale. Yeah, we didn't. <laughs> he is there. Yeah, he is, he's there. He's mad at Quick Ben for looking smug. I love them so much. I think that they have the best little banter. I love how anytime Steve can write that Kalam has to run and is too big for running, he will do it. And he will make sure someone notes he runs like a bear. Always. He's, he's husky. Yeah. Um, no guess, one's ever said Kalam's not a thick boy. Um, Kalam is to- thick. If, if the two of them Go are on. bucking. <laughs> okay. I, oh. I, I don't want to read the book. He's a bear. Okay. Oh. Just sharing. Just sharing my mind. Mm. Josh. Yeah, I mean, I mean, what is Quick Ben if not a twink, you know? Twink and, Quick Ben and- is canon. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. <laughs> um, is this where did the decor lot thing happen? Is that the um, epilogue? Oh, we got to get that's I think not that's yet. The epilogue, oh, okay, okay, yeah. that's because that's where really in the end of this chapter we see whiskey jack. There's like we know that Corlat has assembled with the other dragons that survived at the end of this chapter, but we do not get to see her just yet. Yeah. Okay. Then. Um. Um. I, it was good. Bye, guys. Have fun. Bye, soldiers. And they, a, they, a lot of them get a proper goodbye. AJ, do you have anything you want to touch on there? Trots. Yeah. Trots is back. Rare Trots. Yeah, I do def- I do want to touch on. Trots I, cameo? I'm sorry. I'm just reading over this, <laughs> these crippled god scenes again. I just, I am flesh and bone. Would you have me summon my children down? I cannot go. Would you have me summon them down? Krull says, no, that would mean our death. That would destroy the world. He says, yes. And then Krull says, there will be a way. It begins with a work, but ends at the hands of another. Um... And then, like they're free, and they say, "Will you trust us?" And he said, "Yeah." And he's like, "Okay, yeah." Um, so I guess, I guess in this specific line, I just missed one bit of this line by the crippled god, which kind of set the rest of it off poorly for me. I am flesh and bone, made in the guise of a human. Where are my children called down to me? I cannot go. Would you have me summon them down? And then I guess the implication with the 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 lines after that is supposed to be you can't summon them down but we can send you back up there yeah but we have to kill you to do it will you trust us yeah got it oh yeah see i missed i missed that one line (laughs) and it really uh yeah that does kind of change things it kind of changes it but it's also i mean i agree the language is like like it just could have maybe been done a little bit more nicely i don't know i guess like maybe take a nice sleep (laughs) it could have been done more nicely yeah, I don't know. Sorry, I, I just wanted to. I was just. Uh, yeah, you want to get into it. Then again, yeah. I wonder if getting stabbed even hurts someone like the crippled god. Okay, I thought you meant anyone. <laughs> I was getting gonna be stabbed. Like, hurt. I haven't been stabbed. Have a feeling it's got to be pretty bad. No. Just, um. Oh. Okay. So sorry. What was the question? Do we do what, what, any other soldiers? Goodbye. You want to touch on? I mean, um. The just in this chapter, obviously they. There's there's we check on some of them later, but this might we see a lot of the bridge burners for the last time. Here. Yeah, whiskey jack, trots, mallet. They're all here. The gang's all here. No, I mean it was nice. Talk, Ma- talk, mallet, talk. Talk's talk. a bridge burner. Uh, Corlat. Oh, I love that scene. Um, sorry, Corlat not is is not here, but the, she's brought up. Garol. Bye to our boy Garol. Okay, where are my Garol heads at? <laughs> when he's like, oh my god, it's so interesting. The his line about humans. Garol is like, oh, like, and humans are almost positioned in this like they are this advanced race, and that they have so much about humanity to like teach like and that they are these beings of compassion and grace and that that's something that could change them all could emulate them and grow into you know i think that's really beautiful in a way 
Uh, I also love the fact that um, also girl flies. Girl flies. I think the fact that their their place isn't called. It's not rooted. It's Guthan wandering. wandering. Ooh, yes. Really cool. Really good. Yeah. There is a scene because I guess we're gonna get the epilogue pretty soon. Um, Shadow throwing Cotillion. They have a little scene. Um, but I don't really care to talk about it if I'm being honest. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm so over their scenes. And the last, I think this is the last time we see Akarium. Yeah. Yes. Um, uh, how do we feel about where we leave Akarium? I was not going to bring it up, but I do feel like I want to speak my truth. Sure. Please. I am, I was annoyed that this frankly beautiful scene in my eyes was marred by the Ublala punk sex joke that wasn't needed and sort of robbed that last page for me of any sort of emotional kind of moment other than that it was beautiful but i i was like we we don't need you to mention that you're gonna sex this lady again uh other than that that was great i don't know it doesn't really take away from i hear you i think that i think we've talked about that joke for me i've gotten a little tired of it but i don't know i find that scene so moving and I don't really mind that it ends on a da dun chun. Um, and I just love the kind of optimistic place that leaves Hikarium, India. Um, I don't know. I also just thought, I don't know, like, last page of a book. I wasn't expecting it to fucking end with Ublala Pong. <laughs> um, which is fine. But I don't know. I don't feel like, I don't feel necessarily happy for Hikarium. I just... I don't feel like it's, it just, he always just kind of makes me feel bad and sad, but at least he has friends now. Yeah. I are also, he, he feels close this time. But I was going to say, he said that before, like a lot. And that made me sad because he always feels close this time. Yeah, I just feel and he like, never is. Yeah. I think it's just like a cyclical story yeah. for him. He's just doing that. Nothing's positive. I think it just, it to goes me, on. I, to me, I read it as he's broken the cycle. Uh, well, I, like, I think I hope the, so, the friend I, think I have remembered something could be, could be. That's how I read it. As I, I, him breaking the cycle and that, remembering. Uh, that's I, I hope so. I hope so. But I feel broken. like I've heard Akarim say, "I feel close this time." Too many times. AJ thoughts on Akarim's ending? No, yeah. I mean, I think you can. I, I think you can read it both ways. To me, I did read it, Pete, the closer to the way you did, where it's like now that he is with. I don't know. I guess I think the the difference is that Ublala wasn't tasked to be Akarim's like. Friend. Not well, friend, but just like person who accompanies him across the world. Um, he was just like, oh, look, another another dude. I'll be this dude's friend because that's who Ublala is. Loves loves to be friends. Um, and so I think that is the first different thing. And then the second different thing is the I remember, I, you know, I have a memory. I, I remember this um, pot shirt. <laughs> All right. Um, before we roll on and get into the epilogues, I did just want to quick say, India, earlier today, you did pronounce that Hood is daddy. Um, yeah. Did you have anything you wanted to add to that? I announced that because I very much appreciated... I, I, I appreciate Hood at all times. I think that he he just does what he needs to do and thus is a daddy. Terrific. Yeah. Um, AJ, how long have we been recording? About three and a half hours. Three and a half hours. Nice job, everyone. We'll see where we end up after the epilogues. Um, I'm going to go to the bathroom for sure. Take a quick little TM. Again, we don't have we to don't tell everybody what we're doing during the break. Okay, I get it. You don't want you you don't want people to know I've... We don't do bowel movements here on 10 Very Big Books. I no, never moved anything in my life. <laughs> All right, uh, we'll be back after a short break, everybody. Play that music. 
Hello, and welcome to 10 Very Big Books, a Malazan read-through podcast. My name is AJ Valeri. No, we all say our names at the same time, ready? My name is AJ Valeri, and I have also have. Oh my god, that was so hard. Why are we going to, we do not need to introduce ourselves again. It's the same My episode. friend and closest confidant oh, in Peter Bond. God. Um, the levels. Our producer, AJ Falleri. And my friend, Joshua Dean Baker. Woo! The, the. Dream snaker. The dream snaker. The. the ball breaker. The, the ball breaker. Oh, shit. Um, the, I was going to say a heartbreaker, but we already used breaker. The trash taster. The bread maker. Bread maker. The, the moon Breaker. Oh, the Animand Raker. Oh, the Los Angeles Laker. Ah, <laughs> we don't we don't bring them up here. Um, <laughs> that's right, 76ers, baby. Okay, where are we at? Uh, All right, Spacks. That was another, go with the Knicks. Another name for Josh. <laughs> <laughs> She's from New York. Everyone. So we start off with a 300-word epigraph. There's two epilogues. Oh well, yeah. There's two, and we're gonna discuss them both now. Yay. Okay. I can't wait. Three and a half hours. Let's go. Epilogue one. Start- N- Namander. Well, it starts with a big epigraph by someone that we've never heard before, to my knowledge. Uh, Avis Didion Flicker. Do you want to get into that? I just wanted to say it was really long and I was really confused because I wasn't I, I, I didn't have the book in front of me when I was listening to the epigraph because I usually don't because I'm like, yeah, these are vibe pieces mostly. Um, and it kept going and I was like, oh, is there not an epigraph to this epilogue? I could have sworn there was. And then it and then it finally ended after yeah. like five minutes. It's like, oh, damn. So anyway, we, uh, Namander. Namander's there talking to Silgis Ruin. They talk about Corlat, and um, it's kind of this goodbye for the two of them. India, any thoughts about dragons go fly, fly? Dragons do go fly, fly. And I, at first and throughout the whole series, I felt really, really bad that they would like bind these evil dragons, but now I kind of get it. Mm. Just keep them in the sword. To me, I feel like this scene's just like a touch. Like the, we've already kind of said goodbye to the Carcana stuff. I, you keep saying the Carcana stuff, and it means nothing to me. I thought Carcana was a book. I'm learning it's a place. Well, it's a book, but it's also where the shore is. It's where the it's, shore it's is. It's where. It's like, where. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean that makes sense. But to me, the shore was just the shore. Sure. Sandalov. Drew Corlat. Jan Twovis Twilight. Twilight Juan Twovis. Twilight. Twilight Juan Twovis. Um, I hate that. So I'm to me, so I feel like this is just kind of looping back on and touching mm-hmm. on that. Yeah, I could have done without it. Let's go to the core lap stuff. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it was sweet. I mean, it was, you know, they said goodbye and, you know. All right. The core lap stuff. I know, India, you mentioned you wanted to talk about this. I just want to bring you all back to what I believe was Midnight Tides. It was definitely not. Memories okay. of Ice? Memories of Ice. That's the same one. Same book. Not we'll the start same with book. an M. Totally mm-hmm. different, but okay. I'm with they, India. They say M. M. And really, they're all the same. They're all Malazan. Yeah. (laughs) You know, Malazan. Sorry, sorry. Oh, I will. I won't. And Corlat and Whiskey Jack, tales old as time. Mm -hmm. True as it may be. Mm -hmm. I love them. And any moment where I can get a nod to that story, the one that made me fall in love with this series to begin with, I'm going to take it. So I liked that in the epilogue. It was sweet. Yeah. And that's it. I kind of like this whole scene and just saying goodbye to the Sarah, the the, the soldiers and like the loss and kind of mourning them. AJ, any thoughts? Yeah, this scene um, broke and repaired my heart. I was the Grinch 
growing my heart three sizes that day. I just love the image of like all these boys like, no, no, no. This It's so beautiful. It's to me. it's it is. It's so sweet. And I, I it's just like such this tender moment of like all these like hardened marine dudes who are like cool guys with big balls being like, but he loved you so much. Like Literally. he loved you so much. You can't give up your rock. I just was just like so so sweet. I I love this moment. Another moment that brought me to tears. Just really really beautiful. And I think even the fact that they're like, look, we know you live for centuries, and like so you know no no illusions that you're not gonna like fall in love with somebody else. But like that rock is for him. Yeah. Like you can't you can't give that up, or you're like besmirching his memory. And when you do beef it, he is there. He is there. He is yeah. waiting. Yeah. Oh my god. And then and then. And then, uh, and then he is there. He is, you know. Ugh. So, um, the Earth is healing, is what I'm getting. They're all united. Like, oh my God, we're all dying. We're putting our dead together. Sorry. Yeah, just... I didn't. I, I didn't mean to jump ahead to the final. The final bit. I guess. No. I, I guess I did. But that's. I mean, that's ar- arguably what we're here for. I don't really care at the <laughs> fact that everybody is united and mourning together. But that is something that is happening, and that's a beautiful oh, you thing. know what we didn't we didn't touch on was all them laughing in the barrow. That, all, hap- that happens. That's in an epilogue. Yeah. Fuck me. The yeah, jag- yeah, the jagats. That's about to happen right now. Is and, that what, and hoods there, right? When uh, and where yeah, where smile so. smiles? That's in this moment. No, that's, that's, uh, that's that was that earlier barrel. on. Gonna, they oh, just the other the barrel. Barrel. We actually mixed up laughter. Yeah, that's where they laugh at yeah. the. Yeah, somebody makes laughters. just like they just make a like really a, bad joke. They just make like right? a silly joke that they've made. You know, it's just like a yeah, classic yeah. bridge murder joke of like, uh-huh, and then they all start laughing, yeah, and it's yeah. like you know it almost reminds me. Oh of, my god! You know, sometimes at like a funeral, everyone will laugh. Yeah, in a yeah, 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 yeah. And it's this like weird laughter of tension, it's like of, cathartic. Yeah, it's just like a eruption of emotion that like yes. Isn't really make sense in a way, so yeah. I feel like that's what it reminds me. It's a hundred percent that, yeah. And I, I love that moment. I thought that moment was great. Sorry, I totally, completely forgot about it until just right now. That's a great point. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, Jagut. Well, the Jagut also laugh here, <laughs> Josh. We didn't really touch on the Jagut army. Their their part in the finale. They were around. They're here now. Did you have any thoughts you want to share about the Jagut? I think they're cool. I don't know if there's much else to even say about the Jagut other than they're cool. You know. Yeah, I, I think that's basic. I'm like, yeah, they were there. The Tebler. I mean, it's like these other place people do show up. They play a minor role. Yeah, I think. I guess if I was gonna say anything, I really appreciate that at the start of this series, the Kachinchamal, the Talani Mass, and the Jagat had, as far as anyone was aware, zero living members of their species, and we have now ended with. These elder races continuing on now. The Jagat and the Tanai Mass, they did have a moment where they were like, "They made amends." It's all good. Mm-hmm. That was nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what you guys Very think nice. of that? Yeah, so you're you're our kin or you're our brothers and sisters, something yeah. like that. Really nice. I liked it. Um, that was great. Yeah, that was just something to note because we didn't bring that up. But yeah, um, and that's how I feel about the Jagat. I mean, they kind of fucking suck. Let's be real. <laughs> but I think at the end, what I'm really realizing is that there's good and bad on both sides wow deep inch what a what a note to leave the show on (laughs) Um, no but no but seriously like (laughs) like we find like every single time it's like no these guys are really evil and then it's like oh no they're actually just like people that are just trying to well or not people just trying to like do their best or sometimes Mm -hmm. do their worst but no you know 
they're all different. Yeah, they all... you heard it here first, India Jones. <laughs> they were good people on both yeah. sides. Both sides. I mean, I, 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 get, I get your, I get what you're saying, India. Like it's, it's, it's this history is cyclical thing, and like there are bad people in in groups of people, and there are, but that doesn't outweigh the the majority good people, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. And like because like the Jai cuts did suck. Like you know they like, yeah. did try to like they, you know there were, were occasional tyrants they were, that sucked. Yeah. The right? occasional tyrant, the occasional tyrant <laughs> enslaving the occasional tons tyrant. of MS, ruling yeah. all zone. Yeah, and then the Talon MS okay. had the occasional bone caster that would <laughs> turn everybody into bones. Yeah, a lot, honestly. Get it? Yeah. Listen, I think we all agree on the podcast. Everyone gets one sibling whoopsie. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But wow, you, what do, a, what a you do not get one genocide. You do not get one genocide, no. Well, you you do technically get one genocide. I don't know what India means. Well, you, you can't like double genocide. <laughs> I see. Can you? I feel uncomfortable with the question. <laughs> so, Tavor. Um, Tavor. Um, yeah. Um, we get sorry. We get this little moment with Breeze and and uh, Kalith and stuff. Yeah, there's or, or a Breeze repped here. Kaleth says goodbye, and I actually love the Kaleth goodbye. The I really great. I really loved Kaleth this read through. I'm not gonna lie. Um, yeah, she's great. Um, yeah, a lot of goodbyes. Josh, what did you make of this goodbye to Bryce Tavor Tehol, the statue? Beautiful. Thought it was really really nice. I don't really know if there's much to say. I mean, I'm I am thrilled that they all survived. Uh, it's a little plot armory, to be sure. But I am so happy they all get to go back and have their happy endings. It's very, very nice. India, what did you think about the ending for these characters? I agree. I like that they all can, like, you know, live their best lives. Um, I do like when they mention, and I, we talked about it earlier, but I do think it was special with, like, Stormy and Gessler. You get, like, even a little more closure, like, um, when they talk about how he died for the dog. Oh, and so good. And the other dog And then protecting. he wouldn't have, like, he says... And I pulled it up because I do like, I think it's just so sweet. That's Gessler for you. Brainless to the end. He wouldn't have liked things without Stormy anyway. Yeah. And that like mm -hmm. is so mm -hmm. true and sad. Mm -hmm. What a way of putting it too. He wouldn't have liked things without Stormy. Which yeah. Is, yeah. So um, sad, bittersweet, but good. Um, and I do like that everybody kind of uh, realized that Tavor was great at the end. Cause she, although literally for book upon book, we, and by we, I mean me and also all of my fellow soldiers have been shitting all over Tavor's life. <laughs> she deserves this ending. I'm yeah. saying I'm living for the final moment. India heel turn. Heel turn. Tavor. Waiting for the heel turn. <laughs> AJ thoughts about this goodbye to these characters. Um, yeah, I, uh, was really sad about it, but I felt really good. I, I, I like bottles, um, like rumination on the people they lost. Um, I think I like the end of this bottle section where, uh, 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 God, who is it? I don't remember who's talking. They say, Hey, Hellion found me a big spider here. Want to see it? And it's just like, we're back to our old antics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything's back to normal. They lost so some good. friends and you know, everybody's sad about that, but we are, we are still trucking along, making jokes, cracking jokes. Um, Breeze tells, uh, in another scene, Breeze tells Tavor that they're going to get a statue in Lethris and she says, will I be beautiful? And then it's like, see ya before they can answer. But then Breeze says, of course you will. Of course. Um, yeah. which is nice. I don't know. And then the final, the final Corlat Fiddler thing. Yeah. Corlat and Fiddler. Fiddler goes off to kind of, he's like, go get her, go get him. And was, then Corlat runs. Honestly, sobbing. 
Yeah. My heart. My heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, India said, you mentioned you cried. I didn't, is this the first time you had cried in the series? Yeah, for sure. Mm. I was so upset. Um, I don't know what why the Stormy and Gessler thing made me so upset, <laughs> but it did. Because it was beautiful. Yeah, it was. It was so sad. I That was like the first time. And then when I read the end of it, I had a little moment. And then I came to record a podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, 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 just the, I'm getting emotional just reading it again, but just the, the, the image of Fiddler unwrapping the fiddle that they gave him playing, uh, My Love Waits <laughs> written by one Fisher Keltath. Shout yes. out. Um, our boy. And then just like, just, it's just like, I can, I can see it and hear it. And it's just like so beautiful in my head. And I just love it so much. And it's so sweet. And, they deserve it. Thank you. Yeah. Beautiful. All right. Here we go, everyone. Final epilogue. Epilogue two. Hello, and welcome to 10 Very Oh, books. my God. I'm out of every three podcasts. Wait, no, sorry. My name, my name, my name is Peter Cushman. What is it, you I've read every book in the main series. And is here, and Pete's here. I'm with Peter and AJ. That are also here. Our producer, AJ Flaherty. My friend and close confident, Peter Bach. And last but not least, Joshua Dean Baker. My good so friend, tired. Joshua Dean Baker, and also AJ is the producer. For once, the C's, we're, call- we're just going to read through the whole thing. Is that? Yeah, that feels right. That feels right. <laughs> well, this is an audiobook now. Um, <laughs> That's right. actually illegal. I listened to the very end of it and said it's illegal to stream or reproduce. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, so first we check in with um, Onos, Hatan, Udanis. Oh, Right. No, it's never going to get fixed. I'm obsessed um, with damn. it. How you did, did, you did that one on purpose. Saying yeah. goodbye to this crew who all have a kind of big kind of loving ending. And happy ending. Saren Peddock up there with her child. Saren Peddock. She's yeah, there. I love it that all the kids are there and they're this, all just like living mommy life. Saren. This is like, a solid commie and we got going on. Phenomenal. Really huge farm up, upstate energy. Yeah. 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 That's just um, always nice. Everyone's just like doing chill things too. Like it's such a different. I do want to like bring back when we first met Udinas. He was a slave. Yeah. And now he's just living his best life by the water once again. If there was anything I wanted more, though, no, I wanted nothing more than just troll to to wander in confused, unshorn. And, uh, I would have been. Honestly, I think a little bit livid if I Troll just like sh- exactly. Troll was just like, and then Troll showed <laughs> and then up. Troll, and like, oh, wait a minute, what? Walked out of the ocean. Yeah, like wait. What Thanks, Mel. I wanted it. I wanted it so bad, but I knew it couldn't happen. Surfs up. <laughs> Turns back. Thanks, my guy. Jesus um, Christ. Um, oh, just a really beautiful ending for these characters. Um, oh, Pete. Okay, let's get to it. It happened. Your boy. We did it. They're back. First, you start from Shadowthorn Gratillion's point of view, and they have that beautiful line where they're like, hope, you got to hold on to it. It's like, you got to... Yeah. And I think that's really beautiful. I do Mm -hmm. think holding on to hope is really important. Mm -hmm. That's a whole separate conversation. Crocus and Absalar. Oh, my God. Wait, do not. Do not. All right, India. Crocus and Absalar. Oh, my God. The fucking parallel to the very first book, Garden of the Moon. Did anyone else lose their shit? Yeah, dude. Because in the bathroom, I lost my shit. (laughs) Literally, I I read this in the bathroom. Yeah, to clarify, India got here and read the last... (laughs) 
80 pages in the bathroom alone. <laughs> it, I literally, I, I couldn't, I couldn't take it. The whole ending, honestly, I, I can't take. But that, her, please, beautiful. Yeah. I needed it. I needed it. Yeah, no, I mean, it was it was beautiful. I don't have anything else to say about it. There's it nothing was, to be said other than... I, 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 I knew exactly what was happening from sentence two. Agreed, agreed. And I was Absolutely. like, I'm here for it. Take me down this river, Steve. Just like, I'm I'm floating down a lazy river. Just give me the good stuff. And and he did. I Oh, man. Yeah. Okay. These crazy kids. I So isn't she the one that first told him the story? Yeah, she was the one that told him. Yeah, that's that's oh, the... Oh, my God. It's not, uh, yeah, the lover lost on the moon, tending her garden alone. It's not quite like that. The story, I mean. He shrugged. It's what I remember from it. That and the look in your eyes when you told it to me. <laughs> I was reminded of that look a moment ago. <gasps> and now, I think, he said, the sadness just went away, Absalar. I think, she replied, you are right. Oh, ten like that alone, so that alone. It's just full body phenomenal. Goosebumps. Full body. <sighs> I'm so happy Absalar just didn't fucking get involved. She just left. Just left and just went back home and just sort of vibed. Yeah. Yes, queen. Yes. Respect yourself enough. She d- yeah, she did what she said she was going to do and and you know, Catillion K- was like, "Hey, go Let live your go. life." And yeah. she said, "Okay, I'm gonna to, to me, this ending is so powerful. Not only do I love both of these characters so much, and I'm happy they get this kind They're of... They're happy ending together. They get this beautiful, happy ending. But also, like, the last two chapters are so huge, and I definitely get lost in them sometimes. You know, it's like this huge battle, there's this huge stakes, and there's so much going on. And I think then, to come to this second epilogue, which I'm so much more... I don't know, I love both epilogues, but I think the second one I'm more drawn to... To just come back and come back to this such a personal and intimate moment with these characters who, to me, are characters we really started the series with. We I mean, did, like, yes. 100%. These are yes. people we've gone all the way with. You know, it's just, it's so powerful and moving to me. And this is easily one of the endings that I think about most, especially not only Shadow and Cotillion's discussion about hope and like faith, but the two of them and, and their reunion. I love it so much. And I do love that she literally did go home. Like she mm-hmm. went to where it all began. Yeah, which is like chapter one of Garden of the Myth. Absolutely, oh, that's in the prologue, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the prologue. When, she, yes. when she dies, <laughs> kind of. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the prologue of the Gardens of the Moon, over to Fiddler. <gasps> yeah. No Ganos, surprisingly. Yeah, we've said goodbye to Ganos. Yeah. What did we think of this little Fiddler scene on the docks, talking to the boy, paralleling? Yeah, I, th- I was throwing up. I literally shit myself actually yeah. um especially because earlier in i think it was a chapter three or 24 and they were like what are you gonna do if you weren't a soldier and he's yeah. like i would be a fisherman a fisherman mm-hmm. yeah that's why i wanted to bring it up earlier because yep. yeah yeah exactly it uh this chef's kiss honestly perfection and actually that's it josh what did you think uh, there it's perfect yeah I, I my first thought was i can't believe this side character from book one who book two begets his own storyline that i yeah. definitely attributed more of it to a crocus or a kilkman or kalam storyline and fiddler being this b person to just being the last person we see fiddler's a stealth main character he's he yeah. yes uh, and it's it's he incredible. is the connective tissue he is he is one of the characters that he's probably in most of the he's books, in every book, but except not, not in ep- except every book except three and five. He's not in five. For no, sure. he's not in fi- three, five, or eight. 
You're right. He's not Nate. Yeah. He's not Nate. No. Because no. Nate's when they go back. So yeah, those, Nathan told. Oh, Ace and Jerusalem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But listen, most like even the characters aren't at most. They're like not in some volumes, Jimmy. Yeah. yeah. Um, love Fiddler's ending, and I just love this like talking to the boy about becoming a soldier and like how to spend your and life. And there was a conversation earlier in the book about how you can't convince someone to not be a soldier, yeah, how- and he stops himself from saying "Don't do it" and just talks with the kid, and mm-hmm. it's so good. And then there's this beautiful ending. Coming back to the the weather vane atop Mox Hold, the center of the Malzan Empire, and observing that it is like a thing in chains. Um, house of Chains. Mm-hmm. We are the House of Chains. Humanity. Yeah. But how do we feel about this final twisting in the wind? I didn't make the connection. I didn't really. You didn't make, <laughs> I got you it. Didn't make the connection. I didn't make it. Should I go grab last, my gardens? The the, should I grab my gardens of the moon so we can that, find it, the that's, weather vane? That's how it opens. If I can just tell you that. Oh, it does. It opens on the weather vane. Oh, and then it. It's really good. And then it cuts down to them talking. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, I uh, am gonna just quick now read the final part. Well, I was gonna ask if we could each take three lines. That's such a great idea. And now the page before us blurs. An age has done. The book must close. We are abandoned to history. Raise high one more time the tattered standard of the fallen. See through the drifting smoke to the dark stains upon the fabric. This is the blood of our lives. This is the payment of our deeds. All soon to be forgotten. We were never what people could be. We were only what we were. Remember us. <laughs> it was ten very big books. Very, very big books. Uh, oh my god. Oh my god. Can we clap for a final time? <laughs> when I say come, you, you say, say passion. Pa- come passion. Um Wow. Um oh, oh. The weight of this. Yeah. It was just like two endings at once. Yeah. <laughs> well I have like the chills <sighs> listen um we 
obviously are going to have these other episodes and we'll talk a little bit more. Um, and I'm interested to hear what everyone thinks about this book and how it kind of wraps up the series. And like I said, please tune into the stream of the fallen, but it's pretty crazy that we read all 10 of these books. And I just want to say thank you, India. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, AJ. For I thought you of, weren't going to thank me for some reason. And I was going to laugh really hard <laughs> for kind of, you know, I don't know, going on this crazy journey and, and reading these books that I asked you to read and that we made this show together. Thank you to everyone who's listened. And, you know, it's just a really special thing that we got to share this story together. Um, so thank you so much. Thanks. <laughs> this. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, guys. This has been quite a journey. Can we do another? Um, we just all, I don't even know. I don't even know what to do. Yeah. Um, just, don't turn it off. I don't uh, want yeah. it to stop ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I don't know. We're going to have other episodes to talk more about our feelings about the show proper. But but, the, but this just, one, just yeah, it feels different. No, I know, but I just. If like, it's different. Yeah. I don't know. Thank you guys for doing the show with me. Yeah. And thank you, everybody, for listening. This has been... It has been fun. <laughs> yeah. One of the joys of my life for the last four years. Um. And honestly, the most constant thing in my life for the, <laughs> for the last four years. Yeah. Um, so it's just uh, crazy to think that you've now read all the books. We have read all the books now. There's nothing, my, yeah. there's nothing really I can spoil. My name is India Jones, and I've read every book of the main series, so... Um, yeah. Wow. Congratulations. <laughs> Thanks. It only took four years. Yeah. Um, right. A blistering pace. Wow. <laughs> um, listen, I don't know what else to say. I'm yeah. sure we've been recording for super long. Not even four hours. Not even four hours. Just... It, it is the longest episode of the show. Yeah, by far. Um, and like I said, there will be more. Write in, and because I have to tell you, I have to know what you think. Josh already shared on the Discord. He thinks this book's in the upper half. Upper half, lower half? Uh, I, you don't I, have to decide right now. India literally finished the book moments before we got on the podcast. Yeah. Easily, easily, honestly, for me, be upper half. I think upper half. I think it's hard to consider on its own. In it some is. Ways. It's, yeah. it, well, and that's the thing. That's the thing. And that's why today we were like, we got to only talk about these couple yeah, chapters yeah. because it's so easy to be like, well, not only should we talk about this, we should talk about this as the ending of the Crippled God and the ending of Dust of Dream slash the Crippled God yeah. and mm -hmm. the ending of the series and the ending of the podcast. Um, read through. Yeah. Um, so, all right, everyone, listen, <laughs> we 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 got to wrap it up. But yeah. thank you so much for tuning in today. Um, and we'll talk to you soon. Please tune into the Malzahn stream of the Fallen and um, send your mailbag questions in. Um, listen, we'll talk about it more later on. Thank you so much for listening. And um, we finished the books. Wait, we, I we stopped a long time finished ago. the books. No, we did. We did a compassion, but we weren't done yet. Yeah, it was, I, it was more symbolic. No, yeah. yeah. Can we do another one? Um, yeah, I think Pete's got to leave this one. one. Yeah. I need another one. Yeah, we, we can end on it. Um, yeah. All right. We finished um, the book. When I say come, you say passion. Come, passion. Three, two, one.
Hey everybody, producer AJ here for maybe the last time. Uh, I'm gonna play this one a little bit fast and loose um, because this is really for all you credit heads out there. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, if you listen to the credits, if you have ever listened to the credits, if you're listening to the credits right now, uh, and more than ever, thank you so much for just listening to the podcast uh, in general. Um, we recorded this episode about a week and a half ago at the time of me recording this. And it still hasn't really set in that these books are done. Um, I'm still in a state of like, well, maybe I just start reading the books again. <laughs> but, you know, we'll see what happens with that. Um, we said a couple times in the show, if you have thoughts or feelings about anything we have said, you can email us at tembrabybooks at gmail.com, tweet us at tembrabybooks, or you can head on over to our Discord, bit.ly. So if you be Discord, uh, capital V, capital V, capital V, D, Discord, that's in the show notes. Every every link to every person and thing I'm about to shout out are all in the show notes, uh, and you should check out every single one of them, uh, including our Patreon, if you'd like to financially support the show. Uh, we will still have the Patreon open at least through uh, July until we're done. The, the mailbag and all of any post-season stuff but as always, just so, so sincerely, uh, thank you to Dan Gerzerich for making our spectacular cover art. You can follow him on Twitter at A underscore W underscore Dan G. Uh, when we started the show, Dan was just a friend we knew who did art. And um, it was really great to have Dan along for the ride. Uh, and we love all the art that Dan gave us for, for all these seasons. Uh, additional art from this season and the last season are from Scout Wilkinson, uh, who you can follow on Twitter you, uh, at HumbleGoat. You can visit her coffee page at ko-fi.co slash HumbleGoat. Um, she also does commissions, so if you are an individual or a business or corporation or whatever looking for art uh, scout is really really great at making art uh if you haven't been looking at the show art for the last 20 episodes uh i suggest going back um and and checking out the individual arts for every single episode i know spotify lets you see that stuff i'm not sure about other podcatchers but uh we'll post a progression uh of all of these as well um but they are each and and every one of them is an individually beautiful piece of art uh, that i do think you should check out and speaking of individually beautiful pieces of art that you should check out thank you so much to amaranthin for the, letting us use his music uh from his album simulant rain um as well as his album the new romantic and i believe at one point i used uh, uh stuff from other albums we just we really really appreciate any and all of the music that he has let us use uh, over the years you can follow him at, at amaranthin.bandcamp.com um and he's got great music up there uh he is also for hire so please follow him on twitter and and visit his Bandcamp and hire him and have him write music for you uh because he is a joy to work with and he is an incredibly incredibly talented person uh, who the show truly, truly would not be the same without. Um, I love his music, and it worked so well for the show, and it will work also very well for your ears, uh, just generally. Uh, like I said, links to all the pages to all of these things are in the show notes. Uh, and we will be back on July 22nd for the Malazan stream of the Fallen. If you're not subscribed to us on YouTube, make sure you are subscribed to us there so that you get the notification when we go live. Uh, it'll be 10 hours uh, and it'll be it'll have a whole bunch of stuff and it's going to be a great time and, and come and hang out and donate to a great cause. Uh, pro literacy. Uh, it helps uh, adult literacy programs around the world. Uh, it would mean truly so much if you just showed up even for 10, 15 minutes to hang out with us. 
Uh, and then after that, there will be a mailbag at some point um, and some other postseason stuff, possibly. Um, but just keep an eye on our feed. We will be uploading uh, probably a short update next week, me and Peter. But until then, I'll talk to you then. And truly, truly, thank you so, so much for listening. Um, is she close enough to her mic? Yeah, just She's making fine. sure. Wow. Fucking targeted. <laughs> I mean, right? I mean, Damn. yeah. It, it, that's if we had a better setup, then I would be like, yeah, get closer. But I, you, I could, I could get. You looked at me dead in the eyes and said I had to kiss the mic with my lips. I wasn't even looking at you when you asked that. Actually, so um, that's just to a be lie. fair. You do, you do drift. You do like to sit back. Where PB is a drifter. Yeah, you, you do. if there's anybody whose mic etiquette I am worried about, it is yours. Wow. <laughs> if there's someone on the call that I need, I need to be worried about where you have the microphone, Pete. I need to be worried about the straw that Josh is using. And then I need to be worried about uh, if India has her microphone plugged in. <laughs> Am I walking around? Yeah, Is my walking mic- around. Yeah. Are you yeah. making We're pasta always- <laughs> on the call? <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I just have to eat really quick. Yeah. Um.